Previously on Martini Giant. And this particular bottle of Akintoshin, uh is a... It's only 10 years old. That's how long it's been in the cask. How yeah. long it was in the cask, but it was bottled in the 1980s. Yeah, baby. Which means that the juice inside of this bottle is from the 70s. That's right. Wow. And when did Zardoz come and out? And when did Zardoz come out? <laughs> that is so 1974. incredible. He doesn't cut in on the traditional, like, uh, even Kirk Douglas cut in. You know, right. he had a cut to him. Right. He doesn't. So he, when you see him from the distance coming forward, he's, it's yeah. just like a shoebox like walking like, towards you. <laughs> exactly. But the thing exactly. is... You were wondering how these podcasts go for three hours. Yeah, now you yeah, now I know. <laughs> I totally when know. We're, when we're I'm, deep, deep, I'm deep into it now. Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 23, which is one of our romantic comedies series, or our first one, but I'm sure we'll have more. The first movie is the slightly regressive Bridget Jones's Diary from 2001, directed by Sharon McGuire. And the second one is the amazingly progressive Philadelphia Story from 1940, directed by George Cukor. It is a true pairing that only Martini Giant can do, where both films are centered around a woman making a choice between two men in their in her life, and only one of the movies makes the right choice. Now, first, I should note that we went for about an hour and a half into the podcast recording before we talked about everything but the actual movies, and we decided to start over again. The beginning of the podcast will explain why. It's quite amusing. Secondly, I should also note that this is the beginning of October, which means that we know that Halloween is coming up. And so the next episode we have will be the true Martini Giant Halloween special. So stay tuned for that as the next episode. But for now, please enjoy our very nice and cool, and collected, and enjoyable romantic comedies. Uh, But remember, if you like this podcast, please remember to share, rate, and whatever you do, please let us know uh, what you think about it, and rate us uh, on iTunes. That is one of our favorite things to do. So enjoy Bridget Jones's Diary and Philadelphia Story. Hello, everybody. Here we are, Martini Giant, and with the movies that we're talking about today are... No, I can't start over. <laughs> sure can. We're an hour and a half into it. It's only an hour and a half. We've re- we recorded other episodes Not before. No. We've done that before. Yeah, that was trial run. Let's go. Press market right now. We're going to start. Hi, welcome podcast. And this is, this is hey, what, welcome you, back. Uh, this, Mar- is okay, this is Martini Giant. We're, we're going to be talking about it. two we're films gonna, tonight. Tell you what, here's what you really want to do that? Here, this K-Earth, K-Earth this is 101. What we, we, <laughs> what, we should do, what we should do is take the first half of this. I'll, I'll, do, I'll lead the, the conversation. Yeah, okay. So here, here's my proposition. Usually I'm the quiet one in the corner because he's can, very intimidating, Chris. You can, you can, you can at, at, at your leisure, go through the first hour of this and just put together a, a, a collage of why we didn't put like, of, of all the highlights of this and then go anyway now we're going to talk about the actual movies <laughs> and just have all that be cross over are itself. you guys going to behave because we can i'm starting over that okay i'm ready to go i'm ready to go let's hey hold this. on so but let's first get some audio on okay reason number one Right to the left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know what I mean? What you're saying. Because the lefts are like getting a little out of control in terms of the idealism. Right. And right. it's Becoming really – And it's yeah. really – Fucking dumb. It's just like, – <laughs> Sorry. The look on your face no, is amazing. No, I know. It's just well, like – All the tiredness just spilled well, right no, out of your Well, no, because they're not going to win a fucking uh. election. Reason number two. But there's a lot of flaws in all the arguments that people are making. Now, I believe – 
that if you're going to fight global warming, you have to do it on the most scientific level. And all the arguments that are made, you have to get it through respect. And when you just mouth off like that and without facts or just kind of roll with it, right. you're not respecting the people who you're trying to convince. Well, and then you just play the, yeah. why we didn't publish this fully. <laughs> Reason number three. It's our podcast. We can say whatever. Here we go. It's our last one, He went a whole bit on abortion that was hilarious. Oh, man. (laughs) Dan? uh, All right. Are we ready ready to start? I think we're ready to start. Okay. Uh, Are we recording? How are you guys doing? Welcome back. God, it's going to be a late night. It's not going to be a late night. We're no, going to do it good. in 20 okay. minutes. This okay. is the this as far as anyone who is listening knows, the beginning of our podcast covering <laughs> uh, two movies, two wonderful movies. One is Bridget Jones's Diary. I love that movie. Yeah, it's a very good movie. And good. Uh, and uh, uh, Philadelphia Story. Oh. Also a fantastic film. Cary Grant. Cake uh, Guapo. Cary Guapo indeed, especially in this Actually, movie. Actually, Jimmy Stewart is... is, is Double Guapo. Yeah, <laughs> Cary Grant can't beat the Cary Grant. I, 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 if I were, to, if I were to choose, if I were I in the British Jones position here, I, if I were to choose between those two dudes, it would be Cary Grant. But Cary Grant, I will say that that is the cutest that uh, Jimmy Stewart has I ever have, been. I, Jimmy Stewart, like his not normally an attractive man in his later movies. This yeah. is like he's no the, Wilford Brimley. This is the most attractive I've ever seen Jimmy Stewart. Oh, he's, he's of course awesome. he's like twenty seven okay, years which old. One, which, which one are we going to talk 30, about first? Thirty, you know, thirty according to the movie plot. Right. Okay, we're doing. Do you want to do Philadelphia Story first? Or do you want to do? Um, I want to go with Bridget Jones's Diary. Bridget Jones's Diary. All right. Okay. What's the plot sum up on Bridget Jones's Diary? Well, <laughs> <laughs> for everyone who's listening. Uh, we recorded about an hour and a half of of previous podcast to this moment <laughs> that wandered off into such profound uh, oh, Dan political Stewart. territory yeah. that uh, about everything about global warming about Trump about whatever yeah. and we've decided to not bother you with that, <laughs> bother you with that today and start over and start over. <laughs> So instead of starting the podcast at 7.30, it's now starting at 9 p.m. That's and you guys right. know how late along these podcasts go. So it's going to be a freaking trip. You know, it's going to be a short That's one. It. Right. So for, for so Chris can spot this easily, here are three claps. No, I, no, I, three I, spikes. I, there it is. <laughs> three spikes. Now you know. Yeah. Now we know. So now everything before you, you at home will be able to hear at some point samples of our, uh, our angry rants. But they uh, come to nothing, just like all talk about politics on the internet does. <laughs> you know, I will tell you this. I appreciate it because I just need to get a bunch of stuff off my chest, which really shouldn't be recorded or, or especially not put on the internet. But, Why? Tell us which, what's well, on no, What thoughts are they? <laughs> this is how, what got us down this rabbit hole before. Imagine we do it again, and then like 20 minutes from now, it's like, okay, clap. <laughs> Hit the markers. Grow. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that no, nope. we're not going to do that. We're okay. holding true. We're holding true. No, I'm excited. I'm excited about this one. Okay, I'm excited right. about so take two. Take two. <laughs> Bridget Jones's diary. This is not the first time we've done a take two. Okay, this is yeah, that's true. This is true. Uh, so, no, okay, Bridget, Bridget let's Jones go diary. to Bridget Jones's diary. So, yes. okay. I'm gonna. Can we sub- talk about romantic comedies in general first? Let's, first let's of all, that. we're talking about romantic comedies because somehow we 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 felt like it would be interesting to talk about the idea of that genre. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, romantic comedies, and we we were jokingly calling them chick flicks, as a lot of people do. You were not me. But there was a very good point we put up at the beginning, which was specifically about movies that are more male-oriented or female-oriented. Yeah. And I'd like to bring that back. 
Yeah, Go okay. ahead, Dan. Yeah, like, give, us, give us your summary of that. Well, yeah. like, I, I, I'm a huge fan of rom-coms. Yes, as am I. Yep. And, uh, Secretly. Don't secretly. I, yeah, I no, super them. publicly for me. Absolutely, very super publicly. publicly. And uh, like I, I, and I get, I get, I get re- especially. We'll talk about it later. Philadelphia Story is one of the movies that I, I've seen it many, many times. It never fails to make me cry in the end. Every really? time. Every time. Uh, there's something about that story that really, really gets me. The ending, I was disappointed. But he go ahead. Okay, we'll get to it. But yeah, I really, really like that. And, um, uh, and you know, I, I think we've talked about it before. My, Paul, the funniest movie I've ever seen is Tootsie and stuff like this. Like, I love Tootsie. Yeah, huge, huge love. love I beg you to get therapy. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. <laughs> Are these real chocolate-covered cherries? The, uh, uh, but uh, Anne and I talk a lot about the – because you know, I talk about movies all the time um, – but we talk a lot about the sort of the difference between how the masculine and feminine vision of like, you know, what like if we're going to super generalize about men and women, and that's all we're doing here. There's nothing specific happening. It's like men, you know, like you can everyone can generally agree, like predominantly women like things that are that are called rom-coms and predominantly men like things called shitty action movies. Right. right. And the uh, and <clears throat> and oh, I like. I like both rom-coms and shitty action movies. Uh, and, uh, and Anne likes shitty rom-coms and action movies. She loves a good action movie. But the difference between us that we, rep- that we represent in this is that um, she won't put up with a bad action movie like I will. Like, like, like right. She's like, like she'll let me watch Fury Road all day long, yep. you know. Um, but, uh, but like, she's not going to watch Commando. Like, Commando is not going to work for her, you know. Like, it right. will work for me, and and like, can admit, you will tolerate Commando, but she won't. She won't, right? And right, uh, right. And, and 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 in reverse, like I'm like. Like I'm not going to put up with a low grade rom com. That doesn't mean I don't love rom coms and seek them out. Yes, but uh, but, but she will. But like she's perfectly happy to watch. I mean, she'll know that it's bad. She's like, yeah, no, it's just, just dumb. Just as much as you know that Commando Commando is, bad. is terrible, right? right? But but like the the things that you know, like they're but you the, will, but you will not stop watching Commando. Oh, I'm going to see. I'm uh, like after talking about it tonight, I'm probably going to go. I'm going to rent it and watch it again tomorrow. <laughs> like it's it's a shitty movie. It's a yeah. terrible movie. You know, like and it's not even like Predator bad. Like Predator is good. Predator is a good movie. Commando is a comp- almost incoherent bad movie. Yeah. Yet it twiddles all the right nerves in my boy brain. Got it. And there it is. And yep. uh and and so with rom-coms like um uh, I think that uh like uh especially with things like Bridget Jones's Diary, which I really really love, I th- and I've seen many times. I saw when it first came out. Like it's it's in a sort of interesting territory because like it does so many things so right. Um but it's also it doesn't quite land it, so it puts it in this weird space. And uh, and I think this is what we're getting into before. It's sort of like like uh, Anne Anne likes this movie. I pro- I probably like this movie more than Anne does. But uh, like Anne likes this movie. Women generally love this movie when it came out. Right. Um. But watching it again, like I both really really enjoyed it, and comparing it to the other movie we're talking about, which is the 1940 comedy. Um, what is it? Philadelphia, Philadelphia story. story. Uh, Philadelphia story. Like Philadelphia story seemed like a very, very progressive version of the same story to me. Right. Whereas Bridget Jones is a little retrograde and sort of backwards in terms of empowerment. 
Um, and so that's, okay. and that was the that was the weird thing. So so I still, still very good I movie. still okay. So so here's here's one of my big issues with Richard Jones' Siren, mm-hmm. uh, which by the way, if you put me in a vacuum, mm-hmm. right, and you like say, all right, I'm gonna watch this movie, uh, and just watch it right. and get out. That I'm like, this is funny. Oh, it's super really charming. funny. Yep, characters are hilarious. Yep. All of them are horribly flawed, mm-hmm. and that's funny. Right. The problem is, and I've had this problem before, where uh, because it's a very popular movie, mm-hmm. kind of like what I was talking about with Inception and mm-hmm. the other one, uh, there's a lot of people that feel that these characters are empowered. Right. When, when really this is a very disempowered movie these on are a lot of fronts. Clearly extraordinarily flawed people. Right. And right. you shouldn't be celebrating stupidity. Stupidity. Right. Right. And that's okay. Listen, being stupid is not necessarily something that and Bridget uh, Jones is I mean, like as a character isn't stupid. She but she's like she's very immature. No, yeah, yeah she's immature. She's very There's no character growth things, for, right? for her. Right. And 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 I'm not necessarily saying that. Now, Eric. Oh, hello. Yeah, I have a question to ask you guys after too. Okay, we'll ask now. Why not? Because it's okay. about the burning of the rainforest. I want to. Yeah, <laughs> I want to ask you guys a little bit about. Uh, I got an argument with a guy on his Facebook today, <laughs> and I just control. want to clear the air. I'm just frustrated. I'm frustrated. Just saying. Just um, saying. The thing is, I'm. We talk about a lot of different films and trying to get into everybody's heads here about movies they like, and I know Dan, you like Titanic. Yes, I do. I, <laughs> yes, I want to. I'm going to seriously ask you this question, and mm-hmm. I, I. Did you ever watch and like Downton Abbey? I love Downton Abbey. I love Downton Abbey. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Great show. Great. And I'm looking forward to seeing the movie. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Love that time period. And, and uh, I love I lo- what I love. Changed, watch- you've did changed. Did you watch Upstairs, Downstairs? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I the, love you guys are Victorian eras. I like at Downton Abbey. I love Boarts. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> I love Edwardian. <laughs> well, Downton Abbey is wonderful because, like, the stakes are so high and the execution of those stakes is so small that it's incredible. So it's just like someone drops what's the spoon. The, what, what, what about I, the decor? Well, I'm, I'm someone completely dro- name liking on uh, on uh, what's the the, the uh, 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 Robert Altman film? Oh, uh, uh, yeah, the one about the the that murder mystery. Great. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's a oh, that was great. See, it's I, a great movie. Yes, yeah. I'm name liking too. Okay, so Shoot, just yeah, yeah. With, with um Maggie and Smith Maggie also. Smith. and Howard Zinn, Remains of the Day. Oh, I love that. Remains of the Day. No, no. What's the name of the movie? Come on, people are going to be like screaming it on the radio right yeah, now. Yeah, no, okay, it's uh, it's 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 uh, oh, fuck, it's right there. My damn post forty brain. Oh, Clive Owen. Clive Owen, who plays the butler? The butler. Yeah. Uh, Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. Um, Irish actress who is amazing. And, and the, in, the American is the guy who is the oh guy from Best in Show, who is yes. also in uh, Close Encounters as yes. the translator. Yes, Bob Balaban. <laughs> yep. I remember Bob Balaban's name, but I can't remember, I remember the name of the movie. I remember all the actors movie. in this oh movie, God. but I have no idea That's what the idea. name I'm of the movie is. I'm going to solve it. I'm going to solve it. Uh, We're going to look God. it up. We're going to feel so embarrassed. Okay, Google, what is the name of the Robert Altman movie with Maggie Smith? I hate myself. Five seconds to hit. Gosford Park. Gosford yes. Park. Damn it. Yeah. I hate it. I hate looking up stuff on this show. It's the worst. Makes me feel bad. Um, but yeah, Gosford Park, absolutely Gosford eat Park. that stuff up. And yeah, Remains of the Day is like, that is an, 
like that was a dangerously sad movie for me. Like I came out of that like completely blindsided. Yeah. But yeah, no, like these are all like, that's the thing is like, these are all really, really, really good, good movies. Right. And they're good in various ways and they're very different kinds and styles of this kind of stuff. And, and, uh, like, I mean, like for instance, like, you know, like we were saying before, like, you know, like my version of Anne's commando is, uh, like Catherine Heigl movies. Like, I'm just like, I can't do it. I just can't cross that bridge. I can't do it. Name one Catherine Heigl. They're all the same. They all have the same poster. They're all, that's terrible. No, no offense. Did you to like Heigl. Bridesmaids? Oh, I love Bridesmaids. That's so yeah, great. Tremendous movie. Absolutely great. Um, but yeah, like, uh, and Bridget Jones is in this weird space where it's it, on the, on every other level. It is a really thoughtful, well-written, well-made movie, but it has a internal sloppiness to its meaning that, makes me a little tiny bit crazy and we had uh we talked about it before where it's like when oh just before we what were we talking about it's global warming yeah oh yeah before anyway oh (laughs) so like it's the that bridget jones herself as a character is super relatable i think across the board because she is such a fuck up all the time and it makes you feel like oh yeah I've done that I've I've made that mistake and like you totally relate to her and it's and she becomes a really a really real person to you, um, but at at the end of the movie like she hasn't grown Mm-mm. at all she's just herself and basically she uh, she's offered the choice between two fantasy men uh, and ends up with one of them and for my money the wrong one. Um, and it changed because it changes the the kind of movie that it is. Like it's like the, the fantasy end of the movie as opposed to the realistic I'm a schlub movie. Like everything gets wonky for me. In the ending, it gets really really okay. weird. So this is one of my issues that happens around that time period, around the 2000s, mm-hmm. right? Is that there is there is a lot of. Uh, uh, It's hard for us because we're three guys talking about movies about a woman's point of view. Right, right. Right? And this is a challenge. <laughs> There's only so good we can do with this. There's only so much we can do. <laughs> right, right. So automatically we're flawed in making right. this conversation. Right, right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, flawed women are just as valid as flawed men. Absolutely. Sure. Or anyone else, yeah. right? But there's a lot of romanticization mm-hmm. about uh, – women's lifestyles mm-hmm. that are not necessarily going to help women right. feel that they need to be empowered or overcome male oppression. Right. 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 So um, for example, a lot of, I deeply did not like the way women were portrayed in sex in the city. Yeah. Right. 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 And I feel that, while a lot of women like like this is a great thing because it's about women, right? It really was about like how much power men had over these women. Yeah, right. Was right, not right. that, that if, I mean, if, yeah exactly. If, you, if I look at it objectively, I'm like right. basically terrible men right. could pretty much conduct 
your mood and and to t- dictate right. everything you had to do. No, no, but, but the thing is that like I, so Sex in the City, like the now I don't think um, I only saw like four four episodes of this thing, and I didn't think it was a very good show. But the so like f- like you, you compare that to Commando, okay, right? And like I don't, I literally agree with nothing that happens in Commando. Like, <laughs> like that is a fucking crazy, sure. pro horrible violence, no due process murder fest of macho bullshit that I would never in any way endorse whatsoever. I think it's wrong and bad. Yeah, right? Careful because we're going to go down the, the the politics side again. No, but- no, 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 absolutely no, no politics involved. Like, like when I watch Commando, like it, it, uh, like there's just stuff in it that's fun. Right. And it's just fun for me. I understand. Like, there's no way that I'm going to endorse anything that happens in it. Like, okay. Right. And so, like, I mean, I don't, I like, I just, dis- even, and this is true, even if you look at something like Die Hard, like Die Hard, like is a, you know, it's uh like the political point of view of Die Hard is not something I agree with. You know, it's a, it's a very right leaning movie and it's a very, like, I disagree with it. Right. But that doesn't make it unfun for me like i'm like fuck yeah it's diehard it's great like i don't want that to happen in real life i think this is bananas but it's not real life it's a fantasy like this is this is working on a totally you know sort of symbolic level dealing with other stuff in my head that has nothing to do with it being a real thing you know and i think the sort of the reverse of that like a a movie that like Here's a here's a badly dated movie that I really enjoy is Pretty Woman, right? And I think a lot of people have really enjoyed Pretty Woman. Mm-hmm. Like Pretty Woman is a very very entertaining, very enjoyable movie. It's also crazy sexist. <laughs> like if you look at this as any kind of real thing, it's like Jesus Christ, how did they even get this thing made? It's so it's like if you treat this as reality, it's insanely offensive. Sure. But it isn't reality. It's obviously not reality and like in the same commando way, it's like yeah, this is fun in some other sort of metaphorical something way that I wouldn't want this to be real, but it, it creates emotions in me that I, that I enjoy experiencing. Right. Right. And I think that's what happens for sex in the city. Sex in the city is a, for me, not a very well-made show and nothing about it is entertaining. But like, I think that the people that really enjoy it, like they don't they think made a shitload of money. They made a shitload of money. I think that like, and there's a reason for it. I don't think it's bad that people like them, like the show. I think that they're, but they're enjoying it in the same way that I enjoy commando or like, there's just stuff in this that I, I find super entertaining. Like, and like, whether, like whatever it is about, because like the, say the, the shitty men that run these women's lives in that show, right? Like it, simulates the sort of like it's a super exaggeration of actual stresses and a sort of a a symbolic exaggeration of actual stresses that you have with real people without being dangerously involved in discussing the real stuff you can just go like yes i'm frustrated in this way in this sketchy broad way right and here it is in this heightened sort of fairy tale sense so i can just scratch the itch and and have a laugh at it and it doesn't have to be real doesn't and like and to think about it as being real is is it, it falls apart, you know? And so like that, that's, that I think is the sort of value of that stuff. You know, like I, I don't think it's bad. Okay. You know? So Bridget Jones, mm-hmm. clearly a flawed character. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it puts it out there immediately, right? Mm-hmm. I'm overweight. Right. She, she's constantly on the scale realizing she's overweight. Right. She smokes too many cigarettes, drinks too much vodka. Right. Like does you know that is what's the goal here? The goal is to she's super relatable, relatable, right? And in a very super relatable through vignettes. That's yeah. it. 
Yeah, but like, it's it, not like, really all tied together. I agree. I totally agree with you. It is a very, it's like you said before. It's a very vignette movie. I totally agree with that. Like, but it's like the build on the character is like here's a like here's a sketch of this person who has like kind of serious real flaws, and we're going to treat them in a jokey way, but you're going to feel them in a much more real way. Like, there's it's verging on being serious. Like, she drinks a lot in that movie. She's when she's singing all by myself in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already sad. Like I mean, like that's like that's a sad. That's more than just sort of a funny sad scene. That's like a slow kind of real sad scene, right? You know, <clears throat> and I think that's where the movie it gets weird is because she is connecting on a much more down to earth, real level with a great performance by Zellweger. Uh, she and the characters around her and her parents and. Are all sort of desperate, weird, yeah, sad, broken people, right? Yeah, her parents are fucked up. F- fucking sad, dude. It's super sad, and like, and so on that level, the movie's operating like an indie film. You know, like this is a a a funny character sketch of real emotions and actual flaws that people have that they may not overcome. You know, like they may not overcome. Sure, right? And but then the way that she interacts with the men in the movie is super sex in the city. Right? Yes. Yeah. I think Just that's without the gay man's perspective. Yeah, with this is also true. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, like I think it's the other by the way, the other movie have you that I almost paired with this one was uh My Best Friend's Wedding. Have you guys seen mm-hmm. that? Like I love uh, my best friend. My best friend's wedding is really? oh I love it. I love it because it's about a it's a villain's point of view movie and it's really interesting. Like she is like Julie Roberts is the bad guy of that movie. And oh, you she don't, is. Yeah, and you don't even realize it until like the movie's almost over, and you're yeah. like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, it critis- it does the reverse of Bridget Jones. Like it, like it realizes that something is wrong with the movie, and then makes a movie about it. I think it's very good. excellent point. Now, so uh, Eric, yes, you brought up um, uh, Working Girl. When. It was just before the Trump burning an effigy. <laughs> before we uh, think, Working Girl. Yes. What do you? Th- th- which, by the way, I love Working Girl. That's a super funny movie. Really, very funny, funny movie. Harrison Ford is an underrated comic actor, by the way. Yes, mm-hmm. he is extremely funny in that movie. He's extremely funny, yeah. uh, but in a very Harrison Ford way. Yeah, absolutely. He still plays Harrison Ford. Yeah, that's all he does. Him he does, changing his just, shirt and just. Getting, he's he's actually beautifully flawed. Yeah, <clears throat> in that one. Yeah, he's, he's right because it's like Harrison Ford. I wish that Hugh Grant was f- like interestingly flawed the way that Harrison Ford was right, in right, that right, movie. Right. But right. Hugh Grant is probably exactly that in real life. I, I agree. I think this is probably the most real Hugh Grant. Yeah, ever and I was talking <laughs> about that point. I, you know, I, I was talking about that with my wife because I think Elizabeth Hurley is stunning. I'm not going to say, and it's coarse. I'm not. You gonna think say. Elizabeth Hurley is pretty? Oh my God! Today, have you seen her? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't say that with a straight face. Yes, I think the everyone on Earth agrees that Elizabeth Hurley is. Yeah, pretty. but to fuck that <laughs> up or not, oh, Elizabeth yeah. Hurley. She yeah. looks better to, I believe today. Have you seen her today? Like no, I no, haven't. Yeah. I was I was Total here all day. No. <laughs> I was I mean, here all day. I didn't go outside. No, no, it was no, too hot. She's, she I did not see Elizabeth. She's one of the most her son, that has her existed, son, yes. it takes photos of her on oh. Instagram, and her son's a photographer. Mm. But her stuff is beautiful. She's like the hottest milf. And I was like, <laughs> how did how did this guy screw this up? He's just we don't a, vote for this. 
Yes. Why? What did I show? No, it's all good. It's beautiful. You're handsome. Everything's good. You did great. (laughs) You are are doing great. You're doing great. Keep going. I think it's wonderful. No, like Elizabeth Hurley. She's gorgeous. Is an incredibly. I was saying, how did he screw it up? Because she really was. She is. She's smart. She's beautiful. And that was a time when he was with the hooker, and he got busted. Oh yeah. yeah, And it was just like in real life, he's probably was like that. Just kind of like a womanizing cad. And in the end, it's like I bet that's why he chose this movie. Oh yeah. I think that he was like, yeah, it's, I might as well just admit it. I'm kind of a, I'm a scoundrel. I'm just a scoundrel. But shallow. Yeah. I mean, I'm a funny, smart, jokey, shallow dick. You know, and I think that's, I think it's great. I think he's great in this movie. I think he's unbelievable. I think he's good. really good in this movie. Oh, he's very good. Yeah. This that, is, that, that, that character comes off 100%. Yeah, and and now we we discussed this before, but we'll reveal it again that um, between the two men that are uh, offered up in this movie, who should who does she belong with, really? Okay, <laughs> so we have two characters, one played by uh, by uh, Hugh Grant, yep. and the other one played by Colin Firth. Yeah, right. And this is a big debate on a lot of again the social media channels, which. Get us down the rabbit hole, but I'm not going to go there. Nope. There's nothing wrong about it. the internet. Everything is great. <laughs> <laughs> nothing makes us mad, and we are. Rocking. And so people are like, "Who you know? Like, are you? Do you want to be with a good person or the bad boy? Right? Right? And um, one of the like, if you if you really listen to the movie, you know that they know that 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 choice has to be made in some ways, right? That's fine. And right. by going kind of by ending with she is with Colin Firth. What a movie. fucking idiot he is. Right. I hate that okay, character. Okay, is he an idiot or just an underdeveloped character? No, he's, no, he's well, an unlikable jerk. He is he is he's supposed to be the, Yeah, but the charm he's supposed I to be the Colin reasonable Firth. person to go with. Yeah, right. but because hold, the other guy is a woman. Do you womanizer. realize what this movie did though? At the end they showed those films. Mm-hmm. And that little boy that was supposed to be Colin when he was a kid yeah. had so much character. Oh, yeah. yeah it's exactly. almost like they should have showed that in the beginning. Yeah, then maybe I'd buy, I'd buy into his act. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. I totally agree. You know that that is only visible in – for our uh, uh, international listeners, the ending we're talking about for Bridget Jones' Diary, in which we see uh, Bridget Jones playing in the pool, running around naked like she talks about, in Colin Firth's house. That is in the end of the movie. That's during the credits. It's not during the credits for you guys. It's only in America. That's right, because really? she's naked. Yep. yep, yep, yep. I thought about that because I was like, dude, is this – That doesn't make any kid? sense because is, in was, Europe was, there would be was, more open for – It was different naked. in different countries. There were different uh, different endings, different uh, credit scenes. Okay. Interesting. I yeah. thought about Bizarrely. that because yeah. I felt a little comfortable because I was like, What? I it's thought a, they pushed it a little too much. It's a little, it's a little weird. The Colin Firth character, you got everything about him right. in that clip. Yeah. Then, and then, then all of a sudden, like, oh, I get him and he's like, yeah, yeah, they should have put that in the <laughs> beginning. First. Yeah, because, like, the thing is that Colin Firth is, like, he's playing, uh, you know, his name is Mr. Darcy. He's playing Mr. Darcy. If you Like, it's because this is, what, it's based on, what, what's the... Uh, uh, it's Pride and Prejudice. It's Pride and Prejudice. You know, and he played Mr. Darcy in in Pride, Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> so sure. here he is doing it again. Um, but the thing is, in that movie or in that book, you understand like what is uh, so grindingly upsetting to Mr. Darcy and making him the way that he is, and you sympathize with the frustrations that he has, so you can understand what what's going on. In this, like 
this guy's just a, this guy's just a, a tightly wound uh, very tight yeah like a indecisive um, flat rich guy you know he's a barrister well because Bill. the guy fucked his wife the, yeah, that's the, 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 the Japanese girl yeah. yeah you're supposed to feel bad for him for that right yeah, and like he's and like he and is, then you're supposed to feel uh, romanticized huh. by the fact that he says, "I like you just the way you are." Now, right. like that is the that's right. the line. Yeah, right? and this, by the way, is so the, you don't have to change. You don't really right. follow that diet. Don't quit smoking. Keep drinking. This and is, right. I'm. I'm like. This is the that. Like, that am, is the seed I, of codependency. Is that, is that line? Like. Like. There is like. She doesn't like him because he is unlikable. No one. She doesn't say this out loud. He's not a likable person. He. She doesn't like him. She doesn't like him when she first meets him. She is only desperate for someone he's to like her. her mother. Well, yeah. Exactly. You know, like he. She only wants someone to like her. She doesn't like him. She he just says he likes her. That's why he li- that's why she likes him, and that's codependency. It's it's a mess. But do you think that the whole thing about her playing naked in this pool, like somehow they, like that's part of the story? That because well, it's supposed to like, get the like, idea like, like like sometimes you know like, oh I remember playing with you as a child and somehow like oh yeah there's some free spirit in there someplace and then they'll, right. they'll, they'll connect well like he's not there like no he he's not ex- there is no free he's spirit he's a I, no he doesn't exist you know whereas like Hugh Grant you know like yeah he, he fucks up and sleeps with the American woman yeah but, but like, he's got but they are really, having a really good time together they are having a good time they are which in, one the American woman yeah, we know, no, with yeah, with Bridget Jones and Hugh and Hugh Grant. Yeah, but the American woman was attractive too. Yeah, she's and boring. And he's a C. Yeah, but you know, yeah, it's she's just a, just a long weekend. Yeah, like but the point is, he's a C. You know, he's the head of a company. Yeah, he's he, having fun. He he said in the beginning. Don't make excuses for him. Man. He I'm not like, making excuses he, for him. He, I'm saying he his said main, in the beginning. You know, it's, you're just a lot of fun, and I find you attractive. Right. But let's just have some fun, and right. I'm not going to say the L word. Right. He's, right. he's more or less. He's not honest with her, but he's straightforward. He, like he's straightforward with her, more or less. She's she is uh, like she and him have a tremendous time together. They have loads of sex. They have they have a great time just fucking around, hanging out, going bo- like you know like they, when they're going out in the boats and all the stuff. I'm like, this is who should be together. Like yeah, okay, so he fucks up. Like he didn't realize that she is actually the worthwhile one, right? And his so he has to overcome this and grow. Then you get him at the end of the movie, and he's a, he's a new guy. He's the guy you want him to be because he, he is the guy you like. He is the guy you have fun with. Like he's the guy who's an actual person. <coughs> Except the other one is that he end, she ends up with Colin Firth because he says he likes her. Like what the fuck reason is that to Just go out with somebody? Are. Like what the fuck? Like like even aside from just the way you just like like the idea that like you let that you that you want to be with someone because the, they accept to like, be honest that that they'll, they like you. The worst excuse for that Dumb. whole situation to me is the fact that like clearly she needs a bad boy in her life or right. someone that's like edgy, right? And that person is clearly not edgy. Right. At all. At all. He's boring. He's boring. He, and, and like he has she should want to hello. have sex with him as much as I would want to have sex with his fiance who looks about like about as you know, like having sex with a rock. Right. Who? Right. Like his his fiance 
Calling first fiance? Yeah. What's the matter with her? What'd you say? The the, the very cold woman that she's right. engaged oh, to. Oh, that yeah. woman. Yeah. Not the Asian one. I think no, you're talking yeah, about no, the Asian no, one. No, yeah, yeah. 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 He has been made, okay, so the, the plot line, the, the backstory for the one person who hasn't seen this, is that <laughs> Colin Firth's um, original wife um, it was like much more, like they had a much more lively relationship and his heart has been deadened by the fact that Hugh Grant slept with that wife and now they he he hates Hugh Grant and he's yeah. mad and bitter and everything. Right. So he's he's now going out. He's now married to or he's going out with someone who's incredibly boring. So it's safe. And uh, yeah, that's that happens. That's totally true. But we never ever see the interesting person. So I don't know how we can come to like him. Oh, and okay. and more, right. I'm more giving, of the point, I'm giving like, up because I didn't know what. Like you're right. I never I never knew what his original wife was. Right. Right. He and met him. her when he was in Japan. Right. Working in Japan. Right. And so, like, he, he sounds yeah. like he was so a much more interesting relatable. person then, right? <laughs> yeah, no, right? but Hugh Grant slept with her. Right. Then I actually thought the girl that he was going to marry was a little uptight, but there, she was very attractive. No. She's attractive. She's not very interesting. She's a little uptight, a little neurotic, a little yeah, Zelda no, Fitzgerald. No. spent 10 no. seconds with her. No, she's terrible. Nope. Not she's, sexy. She's a jerk. She's domineering New York pain in the ass. Yeah, boring jerk. Nothing wrong with that sometimes. Like, like, <laughs> is that like okay, so, okay. So for, for me, for me, the, like, the most important, maybe this is going to come off terribly, but I'm just going to say it. The most important thing in, in meeting, in, in connecting with someone to me is uh, not that they are a good person. <laughs> it is that they are funny. And that is the most important thing. If someone is like, because like, like if someone is, if I enjoy spending time with someone, I enjoy spending time with them. I also want them to be a good person, right? That would be great. Like that's the next right. step. And, you know, and if they're super pretty or attractive, that's also great. But those aren't like, those aren't necessary for me to want to so to have gone so out this somewhere. is the, the point where I'm like looking at this thing I'm like literally face palming mm. when I watched the end of this movie right like why the fuck would you end up with this dude right and so the line that they put in there to give you the excuse to say well that's why it's okay mm-hmm. is she sits out you know after the very brave scene of her right Running, running down the road in her underwear because she put on 20 pounds of weight to make this movie. Right, right, right. <gasps> Yeah. 20 which, pounds. What? I put on a bunch I of weight to this podcast. Yeah. I put on 20 pounds. <laughs> I have pounds. another point to bring up. <laughs> yeah. But but she sat there and she kissed him mm-hmm. and she goes, <gasps> good boys don't kiss like that. And then he says, fuck you. Yeah. yeah they yeah they fucking do or he swears he swears and like and she's like oh now this gives me all the excuse to be with this guy before you kissed him you're standing there in your underwear and you're about to kiss him you're thinking this is the dude I want to be with and you don't know that he kisses like a bad boy you're still trying to end up with this boring sack of wet paper <laughs> like that's your goal right and, and this is the like this is my this is my main issue with the movie is that he is he is a he's a different he's just a fantasy object he is the like the, he is like here and here is the guy that you will change and unlock like the fucking story isn't about unlocking him the story is about fixing your own shit that's why you gave me all the details yes. about your character 
I want to go back to the canoe scene. Right. Before we go to the canoe scene, I have one point to bring go up. Go ahead. About uh, that her friends were so critical, mm-hmm. but yet when they were in the car going to go to Paris, they're like, you go. Right, they're right, like, right. wait a minute. You guys are like the most critical, rude <laughs> people. Like, this guy's not good enough. And then he's like, point. thumbs up. You go get it. Maybe it's, it's like, a giant what? punchline. They're like, we're going to stick her with Colin Firth. See ya. <laughs> but this is the thing. That's the thing. Is the, like, the canoe scene to me was the pinnacle thing because in this scene. They're having a fucking blast, right? So so, so they go on this getaway weekend and there's only four. And that's the joke, right? There's mm-hmm. only four of them that are not in the wedding party. And it's Colin Firth with his uptight, you know, she could, you know, cut glass with her ass. Right, sure. <laughs> wife. Right. Or, or fiance. Right. And then, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, uh, Hugh Grant and, 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 uh, and uh, uh, Bridget Jones are in a canoe. And clearly, clearly, Bridget Jones is having. A hilarious. She's having the fucking time of her life. Good time, yeah. and this is what it's they supposed are to be like. Laughing Bridget. their asses off. <laughs> That's and what it, a good relationship is, right? <laughs> I don't think that Colin Firth could ever ever do that. Do ever. that? Not in a million years. Ever. ever? Because in the movie, he clearly is not looking at that relationship and going, "I wish I could do that." Right. He is criticizing them. Right. Right. He's like, Ugh, "Harumph." Like, it's, yes. it's fucking stupid, man. Like, that is the relationship you want to be in right there. And she wants to be with that guy? Yeah, screw that. Because, like, this is the thing. Like, the entire fr- – the, f- the first act setup of her and her whole life and all of her friends and her parents is all about uh, – she has slowly um, messed up her life in a million small ways. She's a b- verging alcoholic. You know, she doesn't she doesn't try to take control of her life and all this kind of stuff. Like – that is the that's the core of what the she has to deal with for that kind of movie that has been set up. The payoff of the movie is Cinderella, and I'm like, that's not the same fucking movie. No, like and like in Cinderella, it doesn't matter that the prince is a fucking block of wood. It doesn't matter because that's not what the story is about. But in this, it does matter who she ends up with because it represents whether or not she has looked internally to figure out what choices she's making that have hurt her own life right. and whether she can accept um, uh, being, uh, you know, like being in love with someone like that makes her super fucking happy to be around. This movie is making me upset. It's, Why? It's very, it's Why is like, it making you upset? I mean, I'm entertained by the comedy of it. Yeah, it's very, it's a very funny movie. It's very funny. Yeah. Very, very funny, very likable movie for sure. But I think that it's, it, but it is a it is a it's a massive frustration for me watching watching that ending is just fucking maddening, right? You know, and I think that the, this is the thing is like I I think that like what, where it feels like a retrograde film to me, like I was said earlier, is that because it goes from sort of like indie character study comedy um, to uh, Sex in the City fantasy, is that like it brings the realism of the first half into the fantasy of the of the last act right and then the last act is sexist <laughs> and suddenly all this like now i'm just trying to interpret this like complete fantasy uh ending on the realistic terms the movie started with and i'm like what the fuck is this movie saying like what like what is it saying about like now it's saying something like in the end i'm like you ended up saying something about 
your audience that I'm sure you didn't mean to say. Right. You know? And like, I think that that's the, that's the weird part about, I mean, I'm just like, that's because I think it's, I think having like these, these fantasy ideas, like, like the commando idea, it's like, I think that's perfectly fine and healthy. Can I ask you a serious question? Yeah. Hit it. Who is in commando? That's Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. And also, by the way, the same guy who plays the bad guy in dreamscape. Oh, yeah. he plays Sully and, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger drops him off a very, very tall cliff in <laughs> Griffith park. What? <laughs> really? Yeah. It's pretty great. It's like Grand Canyon. <laughs> like, it must be a side of Griffith Park. I, Griffith Park. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. Wow. But yes, Commando. A great film. I'll check it out. Yeah. But yeah, that's the, like, I think that like all that stuff. They also it, made a video game out of it on the Commando. Uh, Commodore 64, there was, a, there was a Commando game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Based on that movie. I believe I played that many times. Yep. But like, I think all that stuff, all that sort of fantasy bullshit is great. It's super fun. Do you play video games with the same enthusiasm you did 25 years ago? Yes. Yeah, I think I do. I don't play as many video games as I did. I do. Yeah, the number has gone down. My enthusiasm has remained high. But it's no. only one search well, twice a year. It's like, I don't, I, well, I don't have the dexterity that is required for video games anymore. Yeah, no way. Not me. Not even close. I didn't really have the dexterity to start with, but it's definitely not happening now. Like now, like I'm like, you know, I used to think I was like, I was pretty good at, you know, you know, uh, first, uh, first person shooter games and stuff like that. I'm playing Fortnite. I'm like, Oh no. Yeah. It's impossible. I can't aim with, I mean, like I can aim on a PC, but not on the Xbox at all. It's a total PlayStation. I can't do it. But yeah, like video games to me, I mean, I, I worked in video games for a long time and like I, uh, I'm, still in love with the fact that video games are finally like they're I would, if they had stayed just playing games, I still would have loved them. Uh, but it probably would have fallen off. But in the past 10 years, they've climbed into being something, a whole different art form that I'm really into. And I like it as a whole different art form. Yes. You know? Well, I actually I do think what's interesting about video games now is if you, if you kind of remove the, 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 the interactive games, they're competitive nature of video games, mm-hmm. right? Right. We actually go into the the narrative games. Oh, they're incredible! Like the then, yeah. Honestly speaking, it's mind blowing. It's great stuff. Mind blowing. Yeah, yeah. Like Uncharted. Yep. Uh, uh, what's the other one? All Telltale's games. Those, yeah. What's uh, Uncharted? Story games. I have a PS4. For my got for my daughter. You you well you got to get. It, it might have come with Uncharted Four. Yeah, and you should play it. Yeah, uh, the game, games have gotten quite. Is it a first person shooter? Story based. It, it it's a it's a it's yeah, but it's um it's not it's uh it's narrative, hmm. it's it's like playing a movie. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Have have you ever um? How old is your daughter? Eleven. Next year she's twelve. Uh, my I think yeah my yeah I I there the one the games that really hooked my kids uh and they were at least the youngest was eleven in the seventh were the Walking Dead games by Telltale. And I don't watch the show. Uh, the show didn't really hook me. She loves Skyrim. Oh, Skyrim! Oh, yeah, my Skyrim. kids love Skyrim also. Oh my god, I can play Skyrim all fucking day. But, really, uh, I sit with her and draw while she plays it. But it's like you must go to and I'm like, god, just go. You know, hey, you know who's uh, <laughs> who is this guy? You know who's uh, in Skyrim? One of the voices. Who? Max von Sydow, also in Dreamscape. Yes. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you remember in the beginning, they show like people going on a wagon. It's like, you're not going to get me. 
<laughs> they should, <laughs> the arrows, yeah. My daughter and I just do that sometimes. Like, you're not going to get me. <laughs> That's, why, <laughs> That's amazing. You, yes. Have you seen me with my shirt? I took an arrow to the knee. Arrow to the knee. Yeah. What's that? That's from Skyrim. I have a uh, – not this shirt. This is a NASA shirt. shirt, But I had a shirt that has like a a, a knee with an arrow on it. Yeah. And it's like it's when you go to Whiterun in Skyrim, there's a guy's like, I used to be an adventurer like you, but I got an arrow to the knee. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's where it comes from. To the knee. And uh, that's but, the voice. You know, I I used to do voice work for video games, and uh, and so there there's I know that there's Can one. Can you that, listen to your old material? Oh, I love it. No, I, I love all that stuff. I'm a I love I'm the biggest. Uh, this is so fucking egotistical. Terrible. I love like, my old stuff. I love it. I love watching my old movies. I love Imagine pulling stuff. out it's your fun. old stuff. I was in a, a series of Pepsi commercials in like ninety two. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a with Penn Gillette as the voice. Mm-hmm. I got. It'd be f- f- curious to see what that looks like. Oh, dude! No, this I is, worked for a director. I love, he's like, I love you this. should do it, and I got set. You know, I got money. So, no, you should totally <laughs> do it. Like, I mean, like, I don't mean this in any sort of like, oh, I'm an amazing anything. I'm just like, I love seeing this stuff. It's just mm. funny that it was a part of it. Yep. It was great. But like, uh, and also, I did battery commercials in Athens, Greece, in the early eighties. Oh, nice, dude. See, we're all. <laughs> did stars. you really? Yes, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> like, I'm just saying it's stupid. Let's get back to the movie. No, but, okay, I just have to do this. A shout out to one of our one of our um, uh, one of our followers. Yes, our good friend. One of, one of our followers uh, follow uh, follows the show because uh, of my work on a video game, uh, and uh, I did the voice work on the video game. So uh, the voice that I do in the video game uh, sounds. I wonder if I can still do it. Hang on. It's, what, uh, what's, what's the game? The game is Thief. Oh, Thief. Yeah, yeah you, Thief. You, you did some writing and on it. I also did uh, directed the cutscenes and yeah. uh, with, with uh, Mark Lazat. Uh, I did a lot of the uh, art. Uh, Mark Lazat was the art director, and he's an amazing guy, still doing video games. Okay, so um, you did a voice, but too. I did a lot of voices as well. And let's see if I can do one of them. Hang on, it's just uh, something like I'll do one of the guards. It was, hey, who's out there? Hmm. Must be nothing. <laughs> that is so good. There you go. That's our review for Bridget Jones' Diary. <laughs> do, do that again. Do that again. Do that again. Because <laughs> if you're in a video game, <laughs> you'll hear it over, over and over, over again. again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Who's out there? Must be. Must be nothing. Gotta do. We gotta. Or this. Or the store. Or the sword stab. (laughs) There you go. That's me being stabbed by a sword five hundred times in the theater. (laughs) (laughs) See, that was better with you. Oh man, I love doing that stuff. It's like, has anyone ever done voice acting? Like, it's unbelievably fun. You get like a a script that's five hundred pages long. You spend all day making weird grunting noises. It's the best job ever. It's unbelievably funny. (laughs) All you do is like. <laughs> oh, that's so great! It's amazing. We should new, just new have download work. clips. We could put them on the Martini Giant website. You can just download different clips of like Dan with a hernia. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because you'd you'd uh, you it, it was you'd either get people that would depending upon um, uh, whether you're stabbed uh, and dying or stabbed, and you're going to keep fighting. Uh, you get people that would either moan like they were having a pleasant experience or or grunt like they were 
constipated. <laughs> right. And it's pretty great. And so you'd literally do this for hours and hours at a time. It was so unbelievably fun time. Where was this? Here or in this back, back in Boston, yeah. I also did voices for System Shock 2, uh, made by Ken Levine's uh, crew. And uh, it was a real blast. Those are great old days. Hello to everybody who... Uh, knows me from that. I think I remember when I started playing Bioshock Infinite, mm-hmm. uh, and you knew the guys who worked on that. Oh yeah, yeah. I, like I, I was, I was very, very lucky early in my life to work with incredibly smart, talented people. That's one that okay. The rock uh, band people, uh, uh, Ken Levine's group uh, that did Bioshock and all that stuff. Yeah, bunch of great guys. Honestly speaking, Eric, yes, uh, you. If I would, you know, if play Bioshock Infinite. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful, great game. That is a weird, interesting game. Great story. Very narrative. And then the imagery is out of control. And, and, and play it. The cool thing about these games is that you can play them on the, like, the easiest level so oh, yeah. that you can. It's more about the experience than, like. You, you, you don't have to worry about yeah. the actual, like, how hard it is to play the game, but actually go through the participation right. of it. Right. I would do it. Yeah. So Bioshark Infinite, and there was something else you said. Uh, well, I would Uncharted say, Four. Uncharted. What's, what's the other one that I'm thinking of? That's there's there, the, the second one's coming out. For, uh, the girl and the and the and the father. Oh yeah 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 <sighs> yeah. It's another it's another Naughty Dog title. Yeah, but these are great. These are great, and like and also anything by the, Naughty Dog. Yeah, and uh, look up the uh, anything by Telltale. They're they're defunct, but they yeah. made some incredible games. Telltale's no longer. Telltale is no longer. When um, as of when? Last year, maybe. Uh, Why they, they blew up too quick and didn't really know how to progress as a company, and so they fell apart. Um, so who's picking up their titles? I think I can't remember who who bought it, or who bought the rights to the remaining stuff. It's still like a couple of things are still out there. Wow. Last of Us, The Last of Us, Last that of Us, yes, I heard about. Okay, yeah, that's a great. So one. Last beautiful, of Us played. For, played that's the first. Telltale though. No, that's not Telltale. No. That's Naughty Dog. That's Naughty Dog. The Last, uh, the Last of Us. Somebody told me that. And then Last of Us Two, I believe, is coming out soon. Yep. Yep. Which uh, I, I, it looks stunning, uh, very disturbing. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, like upsetting. The way I like it, and, and it's, it, it's a like, it's along the lines of like some of the most progressive filmmaking I've seen. Oh, it's great, but it's, it's a game, right? Yeah, which really I brilliant. love. Yeah, it's really brilliant. Yeah, like I, 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 I firmly like. I know that there's a lot of you know baloney arguing about whether or not games are art and blah blah blah. Like. It's an art form. Yeah. So like it's just brand new ways to get feelings across and yep. you know, it's not it's not movies, it's its own thing. And yep. it's and it's just amazing. Um so yes, uh to bring it back around to Bridget Jones' Diary, like I still feel really good about watching this movie. I really enjoy it. Zellweger is a fucking she's a champion in this thing. Hugh Grant is a dirtbag and I love him in this movie. Yep. And uh and I I just w- it Standing out against um, – because I watched uh, 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 the other movie first. I watched um, uh, Philadelphia Story first. And it was so weird to slam into Bridget Jones after seeing, like, Philadelphia Story. Like, Did it feel regressive? If, uh, Bridget Jones felt regressive. Thank you. Yeah, against, against yes. Philadelphia I did, Story, I did, the, I did the opposite, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so going back to watch Philadelphia Story mm-hmm. – which was in the 1940s, right? 1940 to be more specific, right? Um, it was sad, 
Yeah, it was, it's weird. It's, it's a, it a juxtaposed. I didn't, cause like you had asked me to pick a couple of movies. Right. Um, and, uh, and we wanted to go, it was a combination between Eric and I, Eric, uh, suggested doing, uh, uh, uh the back to back rom-coms, I think was the, was the basic Something idea. like that. You know? yeah, right. And, uh, <clears throat> and I picked these two because they have a, not super similar plot lines, but enough that there's a sort of like a two, two men. Fighting yeah. over us. Uh, yeah, like, a woman is essentially choosing between two directions in her life that are represented by men. It was an interesting pairing. Yeah, and uh, and the uh, and Bridget Jones I was very familiar with, but I hadn't seen as much or as often as. Um, uh, you know what I like? I like when we take things like okay, when we took things like Inception, which everyone knows, and mm-hmm. then Dreamscapes, like oh, you may not have known about that. Right. 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 Now, the other guy that we mentioned on uh, our social media feed who said, like, oh, well, then you need to think about that. That's great. Right. I, like, I appreciate it. Oh, it's great. Paprika, yeah. It's, it's totally awesome. And, like, that's the kind of stuff, like, please, please, like, yeah, let us know keep, about keep that. Keep letting us know about that. And that's fine. Uh, but, you know, we're not – we can't talk about everything and we may mention all those other things. But uh, uh, it's it was an interesting pairing because we could have taken uh, uh, Bridget Jones' diary – against working girl. Right. Right. And then that would have been, yeah, like that would have been a different kind of statement and also revealed Bridget Jones to be regressive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. But the thing is that I guess that's my, that's my ultimate point with uh, Bridget Jones is like, it's not regressive. Like if it had been simply a fantasy the whole way through, I wouldn't have taken as uh, taken it as regressive. Right. It's that it starts as something that it's, it's not realistic, but it's it's dealing with much more approachable, approachable, real issues that need to be dealt with in this character that she needs to deal with and deal with in order to Everyone be happy, does. right? Right, uh, and then sort of just lets all that go in favor of a fantasy. And I was like, ugh, that makes me feel strange, right? Like that's over. That's like that's that's gluing two kinds it of movies together. Like that we were talking work. about earlier, it's vignettes, but it's sellable vignettes with yep. the music, right? Right, right, right. It was all it is is little sound bites and little chunks right. that people will remember. Yeah. And yeah. and the thing is, I mean, I, uh, the book was a it's, giant it's hit. It's Instagram. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, it's, like, a, it's, well, it's the Instagram of like, this is my life. Yeah. And the thing is like that the, you know, the book was a tremendous hit when it came out, Helen Fielding's book. Right. And, uh, you know, it was listed as like what 10 uh, most important books of the 20th century uh, represented, uh, you know, like a really? snapshot of the 20th century. And I think that if you take that, it's not quite a compliment, then that is true. You know, uh, I haven't read the book, but I mean like that, that, you know, you go from <laughs> like of all the books in the 20th yeah, this century. Is, uh, there was a, I think it was Time Magazine, something like listed it like this. Really? As it, like if you're taking not not best books of, but like representations of decades and you took t- like 10 books that represented decades century yeah so like so you take 10 every 10 years here's another here's another book right uh-huh. uh, then the winner for the last uh decade of the 20th century was helen fielding's i wonder if dispatch was on that list i don't know do you know that book no I do not yeah i think maybe like uh, Catcher in the Rye was on that list. And, Ironically, uh, Salman uh, Rushdie was also in, in this the movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. somehow like, his book is slightly, not represented well, in there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I mean, that, seriously. He is friends with Helen Fielding. And Helen Fielding, I, I love this story. Helen Fielding called him up when they were making the movie. And she's like, uh, I think she said something like. Which one was hey, Helen Fielding? Uh, the director. 
the no, writer, the, the writer, writer, the writer of the novel. She wrote the novel, and uh, and she apparently said to Rushdie, and it's a, just a friend of Rushdie's, and it's just like, "Hey, you want to come and embarrass yourself?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, it sounds great." And props to Salman Rushdie to show up and and be in this movie. I thought it was right. pretty great. But yeah, the um uh that like this this movie. T- By the way, he did a really good job on uh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Do you ever see? Oh, it? that's right. I he's forgot. on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Rushdie's on it. I, I I like Rushdie's stuff. I think he's pretty good. He he's he basically great. like was talking. Um, that's about, not new news, <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. Uh, it was uh, it was uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, David uh, uh, was basically had some Fatma on him because of something he said. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because uh, for uh, audiences that don't get this gig, we, uh, get this joke. Uh, Salman Rushdie, what had a Larry fat, David a fat a fatwa against uh, yeah, in the eighties because of the his book, The Satanic Verses. Right there we are. So and now, so, so Larry David, mm-hmm. who is the main character in uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Curb, Curb Your Enthusiasm uh, has a fatwa on him because uh, he said something. Racist against yeah, something. something. <laughs> because he's because an, he's an idiot. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, and he's like, oh no! And then, so he's like in constant hiding. And then he runs into some Russian and goes, right. oh yeah, the, actually that is the that's how you get laid. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> what he so said funny. is like, is it's is like really? Funny. Yeah. What sex? Yeah. It's like yeah. yeah. And then all these girls are looking at him like, oh yeah, you're super sexy because yeah. like you know. The Iranians want to kill you. Right. It's the thing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so just, dumb. It's fucking hysterical that Salman Rushdie would show up and, and stuff like this. I think it's. Yeah. I think that's great that he would do. Clearly this. Totally dumb. Funny. Yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, like that's the like the. I think that that uh, that that book and this movie like are not something that could be made today without people noticing. I think what we've noticed. You know, and going like, sure. wait a minute, this is a little fucked up. And because I do think that like, you know, and Sex and the City wouldn't happen uh, today uh, in the same way as it as it did in the same, basically the same time period. As, you don't uh, think so? No, not really. Not like I think that like people, men and women are, you know, like we're aware that like the way that we work with stories now affects people differently. And so like we would tune it so that it that. We'd be more prone to recognize the problems that Bridget Jones' diary caused and then try to find a way to bridge that gap. Did it cause problems? I think that – I don't know. I think that when people watch it today, they probably watch it with a slight discomfort that comes with that, – that I felt when I watched it. still like it. It's a very good movie. A very fun movie. But it was just like – it's so weird to see that in a single film and it just got all messed up. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Hard to say. But then you watch Philadelphia Story and you're like – Oh, look at that. It's totally brilliantly written, very thoughtful, grown-up version of the same thing about a person who actually, you know, gets their life together How in a real meaningful way. lose it? Can't we make movie great again? <laughs> oh, God. What would that make movies great again? No. <laughs> That's the official martini giant hat. <laughs> I'm joking. But uh, there was something very interesting about it. What's weird is that obviously Catherine Hepburn's character, not obviously, but she is way more progressive and in power yes. and uh, admired right. in the 1940s and this, like in this compared part- 
to how demeaning right. Renee well, Zellweger's character is yeah, well, and also, in 2000. This, this just came when you said that. Like, what's interesting, it's even interesting to compare that, like, there were so many women who were um, up for the part of Bridget Jones, and people were angry when it was an American woman, and all like, they were, everyone was being talked about who Should, could be Bridget Jones, who could be Bridget Jones, all, and all trying to find this right. And then for, with um, uh, Philadelphia Story, that part was written for Catherine Hepburn. Hmm. No, and she owned it. She like she owned the rights because she owned the because rights. the play she, the play itself was written with her in mind to star in. Yes, you know it's loosely based on an actual uh, Philadelphia yes. socialite, but it's like she owned the rights. Right. So like this is specifically for her. She specifically gave. She she basically like said, I don't want to be paid. I want right. royalties on it. And uh, uh, what's his name? Um, um, Cary Grant. No, no, uh, Miller. Uh, who's the playwright? Henry uh, uh, Miller. No, I don't remember who playwright is. But like, I know that. Like, <laughs> but, uh, I know that Howard. Oh Hughes, no, no, no. So Howard Hughes. That's yeah, what Howard I'm Hughes. Thank you. Yeah, like uh, who uh, she used to uh, be connected to. Right. Or used to be dating. Right. Um, like he uh, uh, funded the buyout for the for the rights right oh, to wow. make this thing yeah. happen right and so like this is a, and Catherine Hepburn it's is empowering is a, to women well and the, she was an empowering person like she is oh, a, yeah she is an, like she is she is a and she had a lot of movies that did not work right so so to for her she needed to make a big movie yeah because she had movies that did not do yeah well. she had a string that didn't work out right right she was box off with poison this said box office poison right right, right. and like because like she was like uh she was a, she's a tricky personality in for that time because like she was a very commanding presence and people didn't know what the fuck to do and like men and men and women didn't know what to do with her right you know and uh but that role was perfect oh it's great for because, that character and because she's she's playing this role that is essentially a lead up to who she actually is Yes. You know, no. and like it's like she is the punchline of the movie herself as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, and so she's she's playing the sort of like the the she's playing a version of herself uh, that is has problems to fix in herself, and then slowly makes her way towards that self realization, and then the payoff is that it's Catherine Hepburn. Of course, it worked out. And Do you, you know, think with I think with uh, Bridget Jones had the father character had strength and resolve. He could have been like her father, Catherine Hepburn's, right? Who really kind of lays it into her, but helps her. Yeah, just change. like lays out a vision and for her. And the father is so yeah. weak; it's just like her in Bridget Jones. Yeah, right. it's almost like they missed giving some strong moments to people. Well, yeah, like if you're going to keep the father weak in Bridget Jones, then then the weakness has to make her think of what the solution really is. That's right. You know, like she has to have that breakthrough and she never really does. That's the, that's the problem with that movie for me. She just plays the same thing and right. thinks it's acceptable. Yeah. And then she ends up with a schlub and she's going to get divorced from that. I didn't see the other two movies. I couldn't do it. But like, it was just like, you know, like that's not cool. That's in, in no real way does that work out. And like the, uh, yeah, and but it's it, all relatable. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. This is the, that's, this is the thing. And actually, that, right? it's know, like, yeah, everyone makes mistakes. And so it's all okay. Right. And like, there's, there's no, yeah, like that's that's the problem with that movie for me. Is like yeah. if you're gonna do the first, if you're gonna do the first two thirds, almost the first first two thirds, in that fashion, then if she doesn't change, it's a tragedy. <laughs> like that's how that's supposed to work. But in instead, she doesn't change, and it's great. <laughs> like yeah. okay, so she's an alcoholic. 
Yeah, Hooray. Sure <laughs> yeah. Now, if it's a tragedy, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you and I and all three of us went through, you know, high school and went through tragedy and comedy, right? Yeah, right. She should die. <laughs> yeah, like, like she should die. She should spiritually die. She should give up. Uh, like, like ending up with Colin Firth right. is a disaster. That's what that the the beginning of the movie as it is like leads to her ends up with she ends up with Colin Firth. That's depressing. The end, right. and like then it leads up to like Eric said that remains of the day. Like remains of the day is one of the most heartbreaking movies I've ever seen because neither Emma Thompson uh, or Anthony Hopkins right. uh, has. The, the 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 guts to admit to each other how they feel the end and you're like oh my god that's hideous and it doesn't matter how much how charming she was or how nice he was or how interesting they were together they didn't have the guts and now their it's life is over movie. very hard movie to watch yeah it's an, it's heartbreaking and that's the movie that Bridget Jones is sort of secretly setting up in the beginning and then it right. goes like no 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 what if what have a, a Disney ending yeah. and you're just like that's weird and that's 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 where I, I fight against it but yeah, like I actually have a problem with uh, a Philadelphia story with the Disney ending too. I okay, so before you say it, I'm gonna I'm going to guess that the ending that you would prefer is that she ends up with neither of them. Is, am I right about that? I haven't decided yet. Mm. I haven't I, decided yet. Right. But um what's fabulous mm-hmm. about this movie the movie is let's give people some of they haven't heard this one yet they don't know okay. the plot of this one the movie is Philadelphia Story came out in 1940 directed by George Cukor yes yep. uh, uh, really good mm-hmm. brilliantly uh, written based on a play brilliantly written I mean I when I say brilliantly written I mean like some of the best fucking snappy dialogue galore great character study I, and what and I all I can say is just go to IMDB the quotes and look at the quote section, and it's pretty much almost the entire movie because the entire movie is quotable. That's great. That's great. It is fantastic dialogue. Right. right. Really, really good. Yep. Uh, and it was all filmed about two miles from here. That's so good. Right. Uh, right where we're recording this podcast. So right in Culver City, MGM uh, Theater. Uh, and if if it was in, in the – and the uh, you know outside it was probably like right near where we're recording this right now. Right. Uh, fantastic stuff. Uh, but her character mm-hmm. is powerful. Yes. Female empowerment. She is so clearly the alpha of the whole film. Of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's there's nobody that's Catherine Hepburn in that movie. <laughs> like she is the like, men yeah. are clearly yeah. down. Now the whole thing okay let's let's give a little bit of synopsis of this, right? It starts off in a very demeaning like after what I just said, mm-hmm. right? Starts off in a very demeaning way where it's showing that she breaks up with uh uh Cary Grant. Right. Right. In one of the funniest cold opens I've ever seen. Right. <laughs> Where he's leaving the house and he leaves and they're fighting 
and then he does pretty much the hardcore domestic abuse yeah, thing. Yeah, he's do. about to punch her in the face. That's what well, he, he almost pushes does. her back. Yeah, well, he like before he does yeah, that, like a, you see his 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 fist comes back, and it's still being played like this is a light, jaunty, jokey opening, and like you see his fist come back, and you're like, what? Whoa, that's weird. And then he grabs her face and pushes her back into the house in this awesomely performed like slapstick roll that Hepburn does. Yes. And it's very funny and very weird. <laughs> very weird because clearly there is like violence towards his wife. Yes. He's an alcoholic. Do you think in the movie. But but she like the cut to her she goes, "Huh." Yeah. She she brushes it off. She right? brushes it off. It's like, right. "Yeah, but he just violently shoved you." Right. Which would never fly today. Oh, yeah. You yeah. would never be able to it, pull that off I, like, I, I encourage people to uh, enjoy Catherine Hepburn's performance in that scene. She is su- – that's a fucking super funny little gag that she does. Funny. It's great. It's a hard Very gag. Funny. She falls right back. Yeah. She goes like – she goes bang straight over. But like there's no – it's such a roll between them because like there's no like yep. impact. Like he – Grabs her face and shoves her over, and she fully like rolls back into it. It looks like a Cirque du Soleil joke. It's like right. it's amazing. This, 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 like you said, it's a cold open. Yeah, and but and- like it is definitely meant to symbolize. It's played all for like like light joke, but right. like it's definitely meant to symbolize something a lot more serious. Like it's summing sure. it's summing up their marriage. Is like he is a kind of a, like he is a slightly violent alcoholic. Is what's right. what the, is coded yeah, in that but scene. The thing is. <clears throat> If you didn't see him perform that violent act or the way you perceived it as violent, you would not take him as seriously. In oh, his- totally. Yeah. I'm not arguing to take it out. I think it's important. Yeah, it totally sets yeah. him up. And yeah, that's the only way you can take him seriously or at least why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, because he, right. has, he has a lot of distance to grow in that movie and become and to solve himself. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> so, like, I think it's a very important part of the movie. It's it's interesting that they play it in the way that they do because yeah. it is like the movie, the movie is a really weird overall. And I won't jump the gun on it, but it's just like the the movie is a really weird blend of almost slapstick and actual drama, like right. all throughout the lace interlaced throughout the entire movie. And that opening is like the best example best, of that, yeah. where you're like, that was really funny, but was that funny? <laughs> like that's yeah, for not, the time, that's pretty yeah, yeah you know. So it, this is thirty seconds into the movie. Mm-hmm. And then it title comes up and says two years later. Yeah. And then now now we're into a new part of the movie. Yeah. You can go to the bathroom. That's right. We're gonna keep on doing it. Here we go. But yeah, yeah so like Catherine Hepburn is um now on the verge of another marriage. Right. Right. And With George uh, Let's call him George. 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 Right. And uh, now Catherine Hepburn's family is very rich. Uh, very rich. And uh, not just very rich. That's actually more important than very rich. Like they, they are. They are high society. High society, which was also the name of the remake that was made uh, right. a few years later. Um, yeah, they are high society, and uh, there's a lot of stuff about class in this film. So there's very class high society. Then there's the nouveau riche. And then there's the kind of like the, the working class guys. Right. And much of the point of the movie surrounds the idea of like class doesn't make you who you are. Like you're, right. you are not good because 
uh, you are uh, of a particular class, high or low. Right. And many characters make the mistake of thinking they are good because of their class. And like one person who is very rich thinks they are better because they are rich. And one person who is modest to poor thinks he is better because he's an underdog. And that is not necessarily true. Exactly. That that is reinforced multiple times in the film. Yes. And so uh, she is going to be married. We see we are introduced to her whole family, uh, her father, her sister. Her uh, sister, who's played by a child. Yes. Yeah. A child actor who was amazing. Oh, she's great. It's fucking great. This child actor awesome. is a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And very, very funny. And when she was does, she in it? She must have been. I, I haven't looked it up. But oh yeah, like God. when she does that routine on the piano, like that's uh, a, yeah. that's. Oh, Lydia. Oh, Lydia. Yeah. Have, you can you learn a lot from Lydia. Lydia. Oh, <laughs> this, this kind of dirty song. It's hysterical. Yeah. It's great. Which, by the way, uh, was also played by um, uh, Mark Brothers. What's his name? Uh, um, Chico. Not Chico, uh, the main guy. Uh, Groucho. Groucho Marx did a really good uh, Lydia song. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And the Muppets also did that song. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a very funny song. Yes. <laughs> um, so you get this, this cast of characters already with just her family, mm-hmm. right? Ramping up towards this marriage. Yep. Then you have uh, these two other connected storylines, one with Cary Grant and one with Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant are both essentially being blackmailed into uh, trying to get dirt on this family. Ah, let's go back a little bit. Yep. Let's go back. She's high society Philadelphia. Yes, right. Right? So uh, uh, just like today when mm-hmm. People Magazine and all the sure. dirty rag magazines or the internet or whatever want to talk about it. Uh, there are people that want to know about this high society people, just like the Kardashians or whatever sure, else right. is, right? So in this particular uh, film, it is Sky – no, what's the name of the the publication? Sky Sky, Sky Publication? Or? Yeah, Spy, Spy Magazine. Spy Magazine. Spy Magazine. Spy, yeah, right. not Which Sky, Spy. later became an actual magazine. Right. So yes. Spy Magazine it wants to get dirt on this family. Right. They and want to they take him down a peg. Take him down a peg or right. whatever it is. Like we want to get uh, a photographs or a story uh, on this marriage right. for this very high society family. Right, because they, they know that uh, – they know all sorts of secrets about this family. They want to right. try and tear him down. So her ex-husband, mm-hmm. played by Cary Grant, mm-hmm. uh, happens to be working for Spy Magazine. Mm-hmm. And uh, in South America, for some reason. So after he's leading an adventurous life. Yeah. yeah. So he, after two years of marriage or whatever, like, like he disappeared to South America. And you know, he's a yacht designer, by the way. Right. That, that's another interesting little weird side fact. Yep. Uh, Lots of good yacht dialogue here. Metaphorical right. yacht dialogue. So the publisher of Spy Magazine sends one of his great writers and great photographers mm-hmm. to go do this thing. And they're like, there's no way we're going to get in on this marriage. Because, yeah, aha. Here's our secret weapon. I've got a secret weapon. Mm -hmm. Her ex-husband, who also works for us, is going to get us in. Right. And they're basically – get blackmailed into doing this. Into doing this. And so they insinuate themselves into – uh, into the household as the so marriage now we have prepared. three new characters into this play, which mm-hmm. it really is a play, right. honestly speaking. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we have Cary Grant, ex-husband, Jimmy Stewart, mm-hmm. 
who plays the, the writer. The, the writer who's putting the story together. Disgruntled, probably wish he was a real novelist. He wants to be a – he's a real writer. He is a, a real writer. writer. And now he's writing for a trashy, you know, yeah. uh, uh, gossip magazine. Right, and it's a sort of like I, – I love this particular angle on Stewart's character because it's shown that he is a good writer. Like he right. is actually a very good writer, and he is. And he immediately, feels, he hates the he hates the publisher. He, he is he is very resentful of his uh, position because like he is actually talented, but because of the class that he was born into, right. it's very difficult for him to have any success. Right. Uh, whereas other people who are rich can just like fucking get shit published, and it doesn't make any difference. Like, right. They, like he they, they they don't have to struggle the way that he struggles, so he has resentment for this. And. You can tell in the way he talks that mm-hmm. he's very eloquent. Right. 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 Uh, which is interesting. And he has a uh, sort of a, a co-contributor uh, with him. Uh, the, the photographer. Photographer. Yep. And uh, – He's actually a painter. Really? Interesting. They said – yeah, they did. They oh. did. They did say, said, talk you about know, her being a painter. Oh, I wish I was a writer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she right. actually just does photo- photography, but she's a great painter. But right. she, she has a she's um, bills to pay or rent right. to cover. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so she's like, yeah, well, we all wish we did something else. Yeah, but I do photography thing. and like and, – and she's – She's actually in love with him. This is a side is. story. She's is, actually She's in love actually in love with him because right. he's a – He's very charismatic, right? And 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 he loves spending time with her. Like yes. as just like they're so natural together that they, he doesn't even think about it. Right? So like, they're yes. like a pair. Like you write the story, I take the photographs, yeah. and let's just do it. Right. right. So they're always spending time together. Right. And so like you you get an in on that story because it gets revealed earlier on that she has feelings for him. Yeah. And he is sort of like he has feelings for her in the way that like he loves her and they are they are essentially a couple even though they're not together. And like they're, they're a working couple, they're a working couple, working and they're, couple. they're teamed up that way, right? Um, and he's and he's happy as a clam working with her, right? Um, so uh, they are all now mixed up in as people are gathering at the manse for uh, the upcoming wedding, and they start interacting with the family, and the family is trying to hide. hold on, hold on. There's a there's a there's a trick to it. Okay, go ahead. So they have to figure out how to get like imagine if you're like some big politician and you have to invite national Enquirer into your house. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? So the way they do that is they said, Oh, he, these two people that are reporters are friends of your brothers. Yes. Right. Who is in South America, but he can't be here. Right. So that, that all Seems it was a fishy thing it's, set up. It's, right? it's Am I right? Up. Am I right? Eric yeah. is like I had that, trouble with that one. That was a problem. That was one problem I had with this. Like somehow they openly just let people in their house. Although well, like the, I the can tell that, that Catherine Hepburn's character is like, I'm not buying this. Right. Yeah. I mean, like the the idea I think is that like there are going to be lots of people. There's like hundreds of people that are going to be staying. At this, a, at this big mansion. At this big mansion. And this is just one, one of the a sets of people. Guess. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, but the, I think the only the, – the reason why it's a little less viable because you don't really see anybody else in the – because it's a, basically a play. Like right. You don't see the other people that are staying there. There's you know? hundreds of people. There's there. hundreds of people that are right. they're floating in and around there, but you don't but really get it. to yeah. – Now, they did, they did make one interesting thing that was a part of it was pretty much a blackmail situation. Mm-hmm. Right. That basically said – if they, if you don't let us in, we will publish a story about 
your father's and, infidelity. And a dancer, yeah, in New York City. That's which right. was, whoa, that yeah. seems like pretty yeah. hardcore. Yeah, it's, it's some spicy stuff. Some spicy yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, your your dad and your mom that don't live together anymore yeah. because your dad is a horrible person. Is a philanderer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And all this is going to come out and we're going to ruin everything. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. And so like the now and I think you're right, Catherine Hepburn is fairly wise to what's going on from the get-go. Yeah. Right. Um but the whole family sort of agrees to put on this the this Brave shit. Face. Yeah, just, and also just By the like, way, Hearst was like that Hearst oh, yeah. had a um, – well, it was Marion Davies, but it, that same arrangement. He was married. His wife just lived in a separate house. Right. Right. Right, right, right. And Marion Davies was the girlfriend and everybody knew, but right. you had to coordinate social functions. Right. And like, yeah. I'm curious who the Jimmy Stewart character was based on. What writer? Yeah, that's interesting, right? Because like I mean, Faulkner like this is or? yeah, because this is actually uh, originally based on an actual Philadelphia socialite's life. Like it's loosely based on this. So yeah, maybe Faulkner, or something. She's like She's a big philanthropist. It's it's on the Wikipedia yeah. page. But. Um, but yeah, so like they they go through this like this sort of like lightly invested scam of like pretending, uh, like. Yeah. Smallpox. Yeah, like uh, this whole, this whole, these, all these shenanigans, so they don't reveal facts about the family to the reporters, yeah. as as all everything is going on. Um, but mainly, this is there so that uh, she has to interact with Cary Grant and with uh, Jimmy Stewart, alternating back and forth. And Jimmy Stewart is initially very sort of dismissive and angry of uh, Hepburn and all of her all of her folk because they are rich and he is not. And, uh, and Cary Grant is, uh, and her, like, she just wants to fight them. Like she's just at odds the whole time. Uh, but, uh, slowly as the, uh, the wedding comes closer and closer, you meet the guy that she's going to marry and he's an idiot. <laughs> Nobody, and we don't like him. Um, she, uh, starts, th- she thinks she starts having feelings for Jimmy Stewart and Jimmy Stewart, thinks he starts having feelings in response and uh the husband starts to get wise to this and carrie grant sort of tries to step in and maneuver the situation so that uh uh so that she can have a realization about herself that jimmy stewart can have a realization about himself and you feel like the movie's going to end with her and jimmy stewart maybe getting married and instead uh, her and Carrie Gant Grant get remarried, and this is the uh, the. Who was the that- the uh, <clears throat> the husband that she was going to marry? George or who was it? Yes, it was jo- I believe George. Something. George, but what was his real name? The actor. <sighs> Can't think of it. Can't think of it. But uh, but yeah. So the 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 basic setup of the story, like it's a it's a it's an interesting trick of a movie because the um, the basic setup initially seems to be Cary Grant is going to help her transition to the right person to be with who is Jimmy Stewart. Like that's what the movie feels like it's going to do. Right. Yeah. He's not in the game. He's just helping out. He's just the guardian angel. And then in the end of the movie, it goes, no, you are both projecting. He has someone he's actually in love with, which is his photographer uh, partner. And you and I have now both changed into the people we should have been when we were married. So let's get remarried. This is this. By the way, interesting. This is a this is a theme of movies mm-hmm. called the remarried theme. The remarried theme. Did you know about this? No, I didn't know about this. Okay, 
So uh, there was a theme of movies that was happening, uh, which uh, in the in the in the forties mm-hmm. about called like remarrying your ex. <laughs> oh right, right, right. Uh, and this was uh, post code. Interesting. So it was a way to introduce infidelity into right, right, movies right, right. by remarrying your ex. That's interesting. So there was a whole bunch of movies about like getting back together with your ex and therefore like not really divorcing them. Like, right, right, right. I wonder if there's – huh. This, oh. is, this was a big thing. In the 40s, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if that had to do with the war. Yes. Right? Because everybody's going away and the wives are left behind. Yeah, exactly. And you have to re- essentially reconnect with your wife when you come back. That's right. You know, and she's – and like, and for most people, it's like the wives have gone off to do like some – Pretty this serious is considered, fucking airplane building. This is considered like the ultimate remarried theme uh, movie, movie of that right, time. Right. So this is a not a co- uncommon thing. Well, because now, I'm, now my reaction, I like, I really find the ending of this movie surprising and very moving. Like Weird. I, every every time, and like I was just like, and and this time around, I was just like, because I, I basically forget about the ending until the ending comes up. And I'm like, oh, that's right, they end up together, and. Uh, it somehow uh, strikes a big chord for me, and like it all weepy in the end. I'm just like, oh, everybody like figured their shit out. I didn't even realize that there are people that are figuring their shit out that figured their shit out in this movie. Like, yeah, like but Jimmy they Stewart. figured their shit out in like three minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, it's like it's a '40s movie that happens a lot. But like, sure. like <laughs> the you know the like Jimmy Stewart and uh, and the photographer, you know, like. It doesn't feel. It didn't feel to me weird. Like as soon as I realized it, it did feel weird. Well, like, for me, it's like it simulated. For me, it simulated the experience that Jimmy Stewart must have had as a character, where he's like, "Oh shit, yeah, that is how." Like I'm realizing that I'm actually with somebody all the time. That's why I, I love hanging out with him. It's already been proven. Yeah, but he adored her. Yeah, I think that's like it's. He is like he is projecting this. Uh, this form of like he's, I, he, I mean, sorry, when I meant adored, he adored Tracy Lord. Yeah, right. right. And yeah, by the way, that name I know, right? Tracy Lord. Tra- did did the porn star Tracy Lords take the name? Yeah, from, yeah. Okay, from Catherine Hepburn. That's very strange. Good, good on you, Tracy Lords. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, but the uh, like his feelings towards Catherine Hepburn, Tracy Lord, um, like are projected feelings like he wants to like she likes his writing you know and so he's like he's reawakened as a person someone found value in him so he likes her which is what happens by the way in bridget jones's diary like she likes colin firth because he likes her it's not a real relationship that is a codependent relationship like she doesn't like him because he's likable you know they just found something in the other that says that they are valid. And that's what happens with those two. So I was the thinking other, the was, other lead character, the woman, Jenna Jameson. <laughs> yes, it's really strange. I because <laughs> she has that one scene with the younger girl at the wedding, Sika. And <laughs> it's it. this it's, is uh, going over the head of yeah. most of our audiences, but if uh, these are all Lord of the Rings names, actually, I yeah. believe. Yeah. You're looking at Silmarillion. <laughs> Very interesting. Those, those arcs of the, of the character. True. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you know who the, what these names are, then yeah. you have revealed yourself to be approximately 43 to 48 years old <laughs> and male. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, that, uh, that she is doing the same to him. Like they're, they're, they're in this relationship because they are 
And this is what I think Cary Grant is doing. It's essentially like he sees that uh, they need to see themselves in someone else. Mm -hmm. And so he, he facilitates that. He doesn't mean to make them um, to use them to, uh, so for his own advantage, but he's just like, you know, like you definitely shouldn't be with this douchebag, the guy you're going to marry. Like I will try to make it easier for you to be with someone who is much, much like more in tune with you. But what happens for Catherine Hepburn is like, she sees like her, herself in that guy. Okay. And that's why, uh, like they don't need I wanna, to be I want, I want to really, uh, because this is a very important part of this movie. Mm-hmm. And very much related back to uh, Bridget Jones' diary. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine Hepburn is, uh, as opposed to Bridget Jones, mm-hmm. is an unbelievably interesting, eccentric, powerful woman. Yeah, absolutely. Men are fascinated by her yeah. because of her, you know, uh, ability to just not care. About yeah. things going on and just take yeah, control, just in control, all the time. control yeah. of everything, right. and she's like, she's amazing, and right? all, and all the all the men in the and movie and attractive, yeah, and all the men in the movie uh, uh, say basically the same thing to her, just like like she is this incredible sort of like perfect, um, like um, uh, sculptural, you know, forceful, this, right, you know, vision, right, right. Which is uh, 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 there's a lot of uh, Greek tragedy uh, right. or involved in that. Which right. what's what's the uh, what's the Greek uh, woman who's like the so so beautiful that everyone just makes a sculpture of her. Uh, uh, oh uh, yeah, um, blah blah blah. Yeah, I know the name. Shoot. Anyway, so yeah. so so she's uh, she's deified, right? And, and so it, and so distant, and and distant as right. so distant. But she talks right? about that too, right? Which is exactly in this movie, right? Right. So so she's like she's deified. Everyone loves her. Like oh, you're a goddess. And the word goddess comes up a, a lot, a bazillion and, times, yeah. a bazillion. Or times I'm going to be uh, captured in marble, like a right. bronze or something. Or bronze, like, like don't you want? And and her her fiance says the same things, like That's I right. worship you. Right. I do right. this. So like you are. You know, but she doesn't people. want to be worshipped, though. And right. then she says, "I don't want to be worshipped. I want to be loved." It's like, it, well, right. that goes without saying. And, and just to, and just to, as an aside, what's really what's really interesting, and basically what her father points out is like, you know, you say you don't want to be viewed this way, right? Right. But you also encourage people to look at you this way, right? Because it gives you an easy advantage. Essentially, like, like yeah. you are this distant, you know, forceful uh, creature in their lives. Right. And they they don't know what to do about it, and that gives you a sense of control. But ultimately, that is not what you're looking for. You're not like that's not control at all. You're actually being you are being controlled by uh, your need to be distant from these people. Yeah, you know, and like she can't be herself. She has to be an she, idea she, of herself. She 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 she. Absolutely uses her persona right. as an advantage, as a, as a mask, essentially, as like, a mask. And right. then at the same time, she's like, "But I, ultimately, when it comes to love, like I, she needs to love herself, right? Like which she does not, she does not do in the beginning of the movie, and does do in the oh, end. Oh, but of the she night. does. She loves herself. Yeah, 
Well, yeah, but she's but she is a she is a lonely person. She's, she's not lonely, like, right? She's not like she's, she's not she's not an open person. She's, she's lonely, not but she loves herself. Person. Which, uh, by the way, that Cary Grant has a beautiful argument right. about her loving herself. Yeah, yeah. and this whole thing. So she makes this whole argument, uh, and then you counter that scene with her and uh, Jimmy Stewart mm-hmm. during their drunken escapade right. in the pool or whatever that happens. Very awkward and very funny. Mm-hmm. And then she ba- he basically proclaims his affection for her. Right. She goes, oh, you mean like a sculpture, whatever. Right. Because says, she's so used to that. He goes, right. no, no, I love you because Passion. you're flesh and blood. Yeah, you're a real person. You're a real <laughs> exactly. person and right. you've got real things. Yes. And then suddenly like it was too much for her. Yeah. And she's overwhelmed she's like, by it. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop right. talking. Keep talking, keep talking, keep exactly. talking. And that's the heart. That's like, that's the heart of her character, right? Right. There. Like, and like, cause like that is the, cause like that, and that's what I mean. She has to actually learn to love herself. She's like, she's in love with the idea of herself to begin with. Right. And then she's actually in touch with herself at the end of the movie. Right. And that, that's what Jimmy Stewart basically represents. But and like, be- that's the, what the, the trade off that they have is they recognize in each other that they are real passionate people and that's what unlocks them. So the big thing in this movie, big thing about her as a character, which is very interesting, mm-hmm. is because she's from high society, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you can see this with her and her younger sister, mm-hmm. which has got a huge age difference. Yeah, it's like huge age 12 years. Yeah. Beyond. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. It's so one of them is like. Throws you off. She's like 25 and her sister's like 12. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like big difference. Yeah. And, and a child actress, really funny. Yeah. Totally just steals is, the show. She's steals the show. Yeah. She is precocious really as hell, super precocious fun. Precocious and funny. Yeah. By the way, uh, as someone who speaks French, mm-hmm. when they are being extraordinarily yes. precocious and yeah. speaking French, huh. their French in this movie is better than any American movie I've ever seen. That's amazing. well. I mean, Hepburn obviously spoke French. <laughs> she did. Yeah, like that's she did quite a great clear. job. Yeah, but the, the so did the daughter. Yeah, that's amazing. That's or, amazing. or the the the, the it's her sister. The sister. sister. Yeah, yeah, right. Amazing. Yeah, that's great. Really good. Yeah. Uh, really, really good. That's like what you've seen uh, Jodie Foster speak French. Yes. Yes. Like it's fucking. Like, you just go. Whoa, she's French. Yes. <laughs> like yep. that's amazing. <laughs> and so is uh, what's her name from. Uh, um, Sixteen Candles. Uh, Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, she's she's now she's completely French. Oh, that's incredible. She lives in it's France. Like a, she's a French it, husband. She's like, like a, she's there's French, difference between someone who can speak French and somebody who just like when you hear them speak French, you go, they are French. Right. <laughs> they have become French. Right. That's amazing. And that's yeah, Hepburn. Hepburn totally. We kills talked them. about uh, uh, what's her name in in uh, Elysium. Yes, right. Yeah, Jodie Foster. Yeah, it's Jody funny. Foster. Yeah, she, and she she only speaks French in a couple of movies, like in. Uh, a very long engagement. She speaks French, and it's, right. it's just it's just beautiful to see it because, like, because you know that she's American and no, English is her first right. language. It really gives you a an outside appreciation for how gorgeous that language is. Because, like, right. you hear someone who's from France and you have that context, and you're just like, it's oh, they speak weird. Because, like, well, my French is is poorly practiced, shall mm-hmm. we say? Mm-hmm. But it's weird when I speak French, mm-hmm. I speak with a completely different part of my. Uh, my, my like I can but feel yeah, the difference. Right. Like when I speak English, uh, I can feel the air coming further, like coming from a further part 
like deeper in my throat. Right. When I speak French, I feel it much further in my mouth. Like, yeah, it's up towards the front of your mouth. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Like the air feels different yeah. coming out of my mouth. Yeah, I've heard the, um, people say the same thing. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. But, you know, I think that she's very like, – super convincing family relationships. Her relationship with the sister is fantastic. Right. Like everything feels – and like like and with her dad and like the honesty with which her dad talks to her and like – the dad's relationship to the mom is great. Like, even though their marriage is messed up and I was just like, this is fucking so thought through. Like everything is so rich and well-written and, and well thought through from every angle yet. Nothing feels vignette. Like you were, like you were saying, yeah, that because Jones. do you think because as fragmented as everybody's lives were, there still was a structure. Yeah, totally. That social structure. Yeah. Oh, the social structure was so clear. Yeah, and it's like because they like yeah. There's a uh, there's frustration with social structure in the movie from a lot of angles. Jimmy Stewart, right? Uh, and and from um, from her, her husband, from her husband, right? Going to be husband. Yeah, right. I was at a kill bed and I can't mount a horse. Right, exactly. And uh, and so there's there's definitely some critique going on, but very a strong awareness awareness of it. But like the uh, the the interconnectedness of everyone in that movie and how they're connected uh, via class or family or whatever it is, like is what makes the movie work. Like her uncle was like going after the young chick. Oh yeah. It's just like nonstop. Well, man. She actually said it, right? She said, it's like, well, my uncle supposedly upper class is a pincher. Right. Exactly. And the night watchman is a saint. Yeah, exactly. Right. Clearly lower class. Right. Right. And then another interesting point. This is really brilliant in the movie. It's like Cary Grant is like, you're marrying beneath you. And she goes, how dare you say that? It's like, I'm not talking about class. I'm not talking about class. I'm not talking about class. I'm talking about like he's below your intellect level. Yeah. This guy's a fucking – he's a jerk and a moron. (laughs) What are you doing? It has nothing to do with whether he's rich or not. You know, he's yeah, he's like, below your Why are you intellect. marrying this person? It is, it is said, and he says that very clearly in the movie. Is like, and he's like, Whoa. fucking Cary Grant is so so good in this. I love Cary Grant anyway. I, love, I mean, he's one of my all time favorites. Yeah. But he is so subtle and caring and open in this movie. It's like, weird. It's it's like there's no other like he is fantastic in this movie in a way that like with a scene his agenda is strange like i can't quite figure out what he, his agenda well he's like because he this is this is the sort of confusing thing about the movie is because essentially he is his transformation as a person happened off screen between the first scene and the all the following scenes like right. south america whatever happened to him in his life like he became the good person that he needed to become right. so his role in the movie is essentially guardian angel right and so what feels weird at the end of the movie is that she marries her guardian angel and that's that feels off kilter, right? Right. Um, but the but now when I watch it, I feel like th- like that's like he is just like it's not about a guardian angel. It's just that they have finally like uh, they they've reached this level of understanding of themselves, so they can see each other for the first time. And I think that's the like that's like the other the other characters, Jimmy Stewart, etc. Like Jimmy Stewart is a really charming guy, and there's like there's every reason for her to like him. Um, but they uh they are like he is there to sort of like activate, like be the fulcrum that she can use to activate herself, right? And vice versa. One uh, of my my, right. my favorite scenes uh, or lines in the movie, and there's a lot of them, but one of my favorites is. 
uh, to set up the scene there around the pool. And um, uh, Jimmy Stewart has, or she has a glass of uh, uh, orange juice. Yeah, right. And she gives it to Cary Grant, mm -hmm. who's there. And so it's Cary Grant, her, and Jimmy Stewart. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Stewart is the writer, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he takes uh, – uh, Cary Grant takes the orange juice and goes, well, I thought you didn't drink orange juice. You only drank whiskey. Right. Blaming it on has, you know, immense amount of drinking during their marriage. Right, right. And he goes, yeah, well, I'm switching to like, you know, pastel colored drinks these days right. or whatever it is or right. making some kind of comment like that. Right. And then he looks at Jimmy Stewart and he's like, do you drink Mr., you know, you know, uh, uh, Mike or whatever his name is? And he goes, yeah, a little bit. And he goes, really? You know, I thought writers yeah, right. would yeah. drink to excess and yeah. beat their wives. Right. Yeah. You know, and secretly, I've always I'm, wanted to be a writer. I, I think I was a writer in a past life. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I was a writer in a past like, life. Like, it was like, like, oh my shit. God. Some serious fucking self awareness right there. That it was just is, like so good. It was good. so funny. Yeah, it's so good. And that, like that, because then I mean, that directly connects to the opening scene with the, yes. the shoving around the ground. Because, yeah. like, it keeps on, like, like, I just feel like the movie switches so. Uh, easily between like being very meaningful and very silly that like I love that opening scene really sticks with me just because I'm like this is a silly representation of something very fucking serious right yeah. you know and it's such a great way to play it because it, it hangs in your mind because like the, you know like there's a there's a uh, in another movie there's the uh, it's a it's I think it might be white heat um, where Cagney stuffs the grapefruit in his wife's face, in his wife's face, and really, it's like really, it's startling and really, it's very violent and really upsetting, right? And it takes a long time to get around that with that character. For you know, like, he's a bad guy in the movie, but it's just like it really, really hangs with you. And in this movie, they basically do the same gag, but because of the way they frame it, you can still like Cary Grant throughout the rest of the film, right? And yet understand that where they're coming from was a really bad place. And I think right. that's a really, really clever bit of work. Uh, really, really great. Well, okay. And he calls it back, you know, to just like, you know, beat their wives. He says beat their wives, right? And he's just like, he's admitting like, that was me. <laughs> that's basically me. But isn't that interesting? Because like going back to Bridget Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Like he's basically the Hugh Grant character. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally. Totally true. Totally true, and just with more charm, right? And and you know who um, uh, Colin Firth is? The shitty husband she almost marries. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> that's who that is. That's that, and that's that's what blows my mind. And, and Bridget Jones, I'm like, what the fuck? That's the person you avoid. <laughs> who is Jimmy Stewart? Is there Jimmy Stewart and Bridget Jones? The gay man? Maybe. No, her dad. Her yeah, might, might be her dad. Yeah, actually, it's the only other significant yeah. male for yeah. role, and and he also like he has her dad does have a a, a realization. You know, there, there's a, in Bridget Jones, her dad does have a little realization, realization. about his wife. Yeah, oh my God, her, her her dad forgives his wife. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's it's it's codependency. That movie is so codependent; it drives me insane. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. Don't no. worry. No, no. <laughs> you that, guys get that, some that, shit that'll to forgive work. you for, for doing your. Yeah. Don't worry. No. This won't happen again. 
I bet that'll happen again. <laughs> that's a nightmare. Maybe this, that's like left and right codependency in that movie. I remember like I had uh, my English teacher uh, uh, senior year, Mr. Nathan. He was amazing. Mm-hmm. And he basically was talking about how bullshit comedies are. Uh-huh. Like how he loved tragedies because we were doing a tragedy right, sure, right. thing, right? And he was like, in tragedy, it's over. Yeah, sure. That's the whole yeah, idea. It's clearly, that's like, everyone's dead. Yeah, it's yeah. over, and now there's no other way it can go. It's right. done. Right. And comedy is like, yeah. Well, the thing is, like, history will repeat itself. Like right. everyone's happy, but won't they do it again? Yeah. Well, like the thing is, great, great comedy is like it's tragedy plus time. Tragedy plus time. Comedy <laughs> is tragedy plus time. When 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 he was shot, not funny. Hmm? Hundred years later, very funny. Hmm? The, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, the um, uh, but that's the thing is like great great comedies uh, are can be more meaningful than tragedies. They're just you have to actually play it right. You have to actually land it correctly, right? You know, and it's just like the it's like the reason why I, I got into a great conversation about Doctor Strangelove about whether or not that's comedy or tragedy, right? Mm. And uh, and my definitely ar- comedy, right? I mean, like aside from the fact no, that it's no, funny. No. Yeah, oh like, no, it's definitely a tragedy. Yeah, well, this is this is that this is my argument. You're right? I think it's I think it's a comedy, right? Not because it's funny, but because everyone gets exactly what they wanted, but what they wanted was for everyone to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> like every yeah. it's a it's a it's a suicide fantasy movie and everyone gets what they wanted in the end like <laughs> like like you can't agree to be in that world without agreeing to suicide that's what you want if you set up this with the world the way that it is right you know and so like that's like so there the reason why it's a comedy and pulls off a tragic ending is because secretly it's you're all slim pickings riding that bomb and waving the hat going yeah like slim pickens could be more satisfied he is happy as a clam in that moment just before he vaporizes himself and everyone <laughs> eric how related do you feel to um to phil dale's story is there some stuff that was like oh yeah i remember yeah, yeah. um or what you would make fun of is the older crowd yeah I could say some stuff, but I, I won't because some of them are still alive. But um, <laughs> I want to hear more on this. Well, can you be vague about it in a way that I would understand? Just some of the express, like definitely um, those party scenes with like the um, like the Christmas or Thanksgiving or those you're know, going to family parties, right? The rich business in Connecticut, yeah. in Gran- uh, where I grew up in Greenwich, it was definitely like. You had the the pincher uncle and like, uh-huh. um, I'll tell you a funny story and this is exactly, um, exactly that kind of crowd. My sister's best friend from growing up, well, when they, uh, we first lived in the city mm-hmm. and Riverdale or the village and then to Riverdale and then, uh, we went to Greenwich and then, um. Me, uh, my sister's good friend, uh, best friend, Mimi, and her husband's a private jet pilot. Mm. And on Monday, he was flew to Newport, and he picked up these two old ladies who had like twenty cases of of Louis Vuitton luggage, right. and, and it's one of those jets, like a G five, but you know, how you people put in a ton of money, and then they can just it's like a uh, like a 
timeshare. Like yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but a high-priced Uber. And he was watching the crew put the stuff in. He's the pilot of the punt. And there was an odd-shaped Louis Vuitton bag. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's a very odd bag to the one of the women's. And he's like, what is it? And she just turned to this 80-year-old woman. He's like, it's a croquet mallet, you cretin. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's just that's exactly what mallet. that – it's like, it's a croquet mallet, you cretin. <laughs> you cretin. You cretin. And it was no like – No one says cretin anymore. Exactly. Uh, but there cretin. was there's such a thing – like all this luggage is going on a private jet. He's yeah. just asked – he's the pilot of the fucking plane, man. And it, But there's definitely – all those characters yeah, and they, even the women, uh, uh, like some of the girls I grew up with were like that when they have parties and they were very precocious and smart. Right. And where their front teeth stuck together <laughs> when they talked. That's Long Island. Just a little bit more Long Island. That's Long Island. It's <laughs> a little bit more of the Hamptons. Oh, it's not right. wonderful. Yeah, like I have to like for those of you who don't know. Yeah, but did you ever see that movie <laughs> Metropolitan? There is a thing from Long Island. Did you ever see that movie which from Metropolitan? Long Island Lockjaw, Lockjaw, which is when basically your your whole jaw is like showed shut, and you basically just talk through your teeth. Oh, wait, wait. who's there? <laughs> oh, must have been nothing. <laughs> That is so genius. Yeah, I could I could riff a lot, but it, it scares me because I, I, I think know it, scares you. it would get a, a phone call from a relative. Oh, but right. I, I definitely penny loafers, penny loafers. I, and I used to have penny loafers. Yeah, I know. I had my seersucker suit when I worked in an ad agency in the eighties in that summer. Seersucker, suit. seersucker, and then I had my Liberty ties with my. Uh, my penny loafers with no socks, and I'd go to B. Altman's on 34th Street to go look at Liberty Ties on my lunch break. It was a great-looking store. I couldn't afford all the ties, but great store. You go in there. You get good ideas. B. Altman's was awesome. I don't want any of that. Well, at that time, I was wearing them. I know. I know. I understand. And and that, that society, like there was a lot of it. Was, I was watching this movie. I'm like – I love the fact that I brought up classism in this movie. So heavy. Well, and also I love I love the fact that classism works both ways in this movie. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, like that's oh, the yeah, greatest yeah. part. Like it's not just like no, no, no. They call it out. Yeah, they call it out. It's not just like oh, you're lower class, I'm upper class. It's not. It's it's not like yeah. Fred Rogers. Yeah, because Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart is as much of a snob as the snobby rich. Yeah, you know, whatever. He's a snob against the rich. He's a snob against the rich. Right. You know, and that's a, like, and him learning that that's a fucked up way to think yep. is part of what opens up. Because it's, for him, it's like he wants to be a writer, right? And he is. But he, he also is, says, like. He has told himself a story that, you know what's kept me from being a writer? The fucking rich. And that's not true. And no. Catherine Hepburn is the one who makes him realize that. Right. You know, and like that's the. Uh, also, just another subtle touch, like. <sighs> I love that uh, it's so it's it's almost hard to put my finger on. It's a simple thing, but that Catherine Hepburn is regarded as a person who can judge whether or not a book is good <laughs> is fantastic. Right. Like that that she's like there's no playing it down like oh, I don't know anything about blah blah blah. Like she's like she says this is incredibly well written and you go 
she has good taste in books and knows what real literature is. Well, you right from the offset, she comes off as someone of high regard. Yeah, like I mean, she's like she's smart. She she cares for herself in I, that way. Even her dad, she, yeah. who is supposed to be like her, clearly her superior, right. is seen as a scoundrel. Yeah, exactly. Like right. she, I have this to is say, a, there are. It did bring back things. It really did. I'm sure it did. And I do remember there are a couple moments because I I really do love like history and I was quirky. So I was the guy <laughs> who would say, you know, yeah. shut the fuck up, right. you know, at a party. And or like, what the fuck? Or or just obnoxious, funny stuff mm-hmm. um, when I was younger. And I do remember there are a couple moments in my life where I got uh, – I think my – well, my parents didn't really know what to do with me, I think. They did. Didn't. And my mother used to just call these women and say, you know, Eric wants money for a guitar or something. Do you have some work around there? So right. I would go. I remember I went to this one home in an area called Bellhaven. It wasn't far from where I lived. And it's on the water. And the house was probably 60 rooms. Right. And the woman who lived there with her sister, the husband, six feet under, way under six feet under. Uh-huh. And she was older. So this is in the 80s, but she was probably in her 70s. And he invented like – his family was like the Tommy gun or something like that. Jeez. So it was like Mr. Gun, nice work. And I passed their home when I was in – over the summer, we went to visit friends and you could see the house. And Diana Ross actually's house is right, right next to it. And I remember going and I was painting a garage and then the guy would say, come in for tea. And I would go in for tea mm-hmm. and the two – the sisters would tell stories. They lived in Winterhof. Because their father was Tsar Nicholas II's finance minister, and so they were friends with Tsar Nicholas II's kids mm-hmm. uh, before the Russian Revolution. Right, and just telling life at Winterhof, and then escaping, <laughs> man, man. escaping with the servants with jewels and eggs, Faberge eggs, in their clothing and dresses oh, yeah, yeah, at sure, night. Yeah. The stories, and it was Crazy. like holy. Crazy. Moly! Yeah, yeah. It was just like, and they had rocks on their hands, like beacons in the night. Yeah. It, it was like, it was like egg-shaped diamonds, and like Matisse's and Magritte's all over the right, place, right. and servants. And I'm sitting there in Bermuda shorts, covered with paint, <laughs> hey. having tea, like <laughs> incredible stories. And it would go for like two hours, That's just amazing. Like, and then I'd go out, paint a little bit, and then go home, oh, and, you great. know, and overcharge them. But they, it was one, those kind of things. Or um, one more, do you mind, please? Go. Um, when I was in undergrad in Pittsburgh, somebody I grew up with, dear old friend, and his family. I can't say the company, but it was. It's oil thing. Mm-hmm. And they lived in Swickley and uh, his grandmother. Old company from Pennsylvania. Pens, like oil, pen, pencil, oil, pens, oil. <laughs> I'm caught. I'm caught. Golf. And so, uh, <laughs> and uh, I remember my roommates would be like, the guy's here, and the guy would come with a hat and a chauffeur with a, with a rolls, and it opened the door, and I'd go in, and I would go over and you know spend an afternoon with her, or she would you know have lunch or something right. in Swickley next to the Carnegie Estate in Swickley right. Heights, and the stories were like you know twenties right. uh, with her husband Josephine Baker, right. Scotty Fitzgerald, 
Paris. Good old Scotty, chilling with Scotty. Do you know what I mean? I it love was your like, new book. It's very short, but really beautiful. It was like, <laughs> holy. I mean, that was totally, those moments were like gems. Of right. course, I, even my brother-in-law recently is like, you had this thing for hanging out with old rich ladies. I was like, well, good stories. Right. And in gardens. <laughs> yeah, but, but they still had their money. You know, yeah. they had so much money, they didn't know what to do with it. Right. Husbands are long since dead, but the stories of the 20s in Paris were yeah. like, you, it was unbelievable window. And they yeah, were friends, sure, sure. Uh, this, she was friends with Josephine Baker. You could see the photos in, in the main library. Right. And the house was stunning. Right. Like, um, and then the guy would I go would... into the car and limo and or the old rolls and he'd mm-hmm. drive me back and open the door. Oh, it's crazy. And my friends it's crazy. and my roommates would be sitting on the porch in Pittsburgh, like <sighs> smoking cigarettes, like, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's enough, Jeeves. <laughs> it was so funny. She I I it's a funny story. I was in a class and I had a, a political science professor who loved opera, and I mm-hmm. sometimes would go to the opera. And the woman that would pick uh, friend's grandmother who started the opera company in mm. Pittsburgh. Yep. And so he's like, I'm going to big opera tonight. And meanwhile, she, last minute I get a call, go, and I'm hanging out with a conductor <laughs> in front. And he's explaining Hello. the opera to me. And I could see my political professor like, what in God's name? <laughs> It's like, on? how the hell do you get those tickets? It's like, got another right people. It's not going to take a leak. Can you just wave this wand around in front of the band for a while? Great. So when I saw <laughs> it's stuff like that, right. I, I definitely, um, I was more curious too because I felt like that is definitely a period that's no longer around. Right. And actually, a lot of what I that show I created is uh, covers that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, a it's, it's sure. definitely a lost era. But yeah, I he, was always fascinated with right. that. And I'll be honest, I, you know, the kind of give this person, a, you know, help my son out because summer jobs. And one woman whose father was a president of AGFA, AGFA in the 30s. Mm-hmm. So she'd be like, he was, he ran AGFA. Right. So he's part of the war machine. And right. she's like, oh, you know, I remember going to Christmases at the uh, Hitler's house. Oh, my God. Oof. I was the first person I ever knew or met that, you know, as a little child, she you know, would go to these Christmas parties. Right. That's crazy. Like, yeah. historically speaking, like, what? Yeah, that's insane. It's that's insane. insane yeah. And then uh, I think her mother was Jewish. So they went to Paris and then came to New York. Right, right. Never saw her father for like, you know, eight years and then saw him again. Yeah. But it was one of those kind of stories. It's, it's a whole other world. Yeah, well, it's like, a total. But I, I was like, you met I Hitler. Still, do you? Do you <laughs> no, in a sense, like, like that's the one of the a, most. That's like the. It's the one of the principal yeah, figures of the twentieth like, century. Oh shit! I'd love to meet Hitler. No, <laughs> but that is the like, principal a, yeah, figure yeah, that yeah. trans and you didn't kill him. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but it, that's what you're supposed to do. He transformed the twentieth century, oh, without that, and so yeah. <laughs> to be able to historically be in that moment is right. crazy. Oh, it's insane to be actually because I always read history books on World War One and Two, right. and I was like, my head exploded. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. It's like well, oh, he was part of the war machine. Well, what's really if you ever seen that what the movie? I know I talked about a lot. Called uh, Hiroshima Mon Amour, yes, uh, which is an incredible movie. Uh, if people get a chance to see this this movie, it's um, it's on Criterion Channel. Mm-hmm. The most amazing thing about this movie, I mean, aside, well, the movie itself is amazing, but the most amazing sort of feeling I got from this movie is that the movie is about a woman who is in love with a Japanese man uh, that takes place in Hiroshima post war, and um, uh, in like this, in the uh, or like uh, early fifties or something like this, right? And it's about 
uh, her, you know, she had a romance with, um, in, in Paris during the war when she was like 17 years old, uh, in occupied France, right. With a German soldier uh, Mm, who, who died. And so it cuts from, you know, fifties, Japan, Hiroshima, uh, shot in an extremely modern handheld way. Right. Which feels utterly, it feels like you're watching a movie today. Like it's utterly modern looking. Um, and then talking about, oh yeah, 15 years ago, uh, during the war and it shows flashbacks and you're in old world Europe. Yeah. And like the, the, I have never in my life seen this time period. It was just like, this is 15 years apart. These two images, 15 years apart. And I couldn't force them together for the life of me. I'm like, no, this is, like this is modern Japan, like that I could go to right now, and it would look like this and be shot like this, handheld, right? And fifteen years ago is is warp is this this like yeah it, it, this it seems like an ancient time yeah and like there's and when I think of fifteen years ago, it's exactly the same as now. <laughs> so, I when I know. was a, when I was when I got out of undergrad in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I uh, went. By myself, I kind of because I had lived in Italy as an art student for a year. I went back and traveled by myself for like six, seven months. So I ended up in Sicily. I met some English girl and went to Sicily. And then I was right around when the wall fell in Prague. So I went right. to Prague, right? And I hung out there and stayed in this money exchanger's house with these two gorgeous Swedish girls who had wanted nothing to do with me, and um, the, they were so okay, beautiful. We were saying comedy and tragedy. That was like I was like I can't understand how we can try to make this all work for all of us. And they would walk around in their underwear, and I'd be like, "This is you're killing me here." Socialism you know, like, doesn't work. That's what the problem is. <laughs> Holy moly. I tried the comedy. I tried the comedy hard. Oh, man. Wow. Woo. Okay. You Come thought, on. That was, that that was, was good. good. That was good. Yeah. That, that, that one goes up front. <laughs> that was a good At one. the end of that, they wrote me a letter <laughs> in Swedish, and I've never translated it. I, I still have it. I, I think, think, I think whatever it happened, whatever's in your mind from that letter, whatever you think it says is exactly what it should say. That's what it, it was frustrating, and yep. I really worked that angle hard. Yep. And I do remember that there was one – because everybody – this money exchanger, all of a sudden new people would show up and this one girl came with this guy from California and she got lost and she literally wandered for 24 hours. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) But it was going back in the time. I was standing in in food lines. This is 1990 – in 1990 in Prague. Right. Food lines to get a can of orange juice with these old uh, Czech women. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Like the straight lines of the, the trolley cars, right. it was going back in time. It was yeah. the coolest. And hanging out on the Charles Bridge, listening to Stones yeah. with these guys and girls just talking. We didn't know. I could not understand what they were saying and vice versa. Right. But we'd put Stones music on and we'd just hang out, laugh, and we communicated. Right. Or oh, you looked at each other and you just went, woo, woo. Yeah, there it is. Woo, woo. <laughs> That's it, dude. But That's it was, need, it was cool. Need, or like playing pool with gypsies in a pool place. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nothing. Must be nothing. 
those were great. That's like going back in time. I love those kind of things because it's very cinematic. Right. Yeah. But right. like playing pool with the gypsies, these young gypsy guys and right. girls, it was just crazy. Oh, that's and, incredible. Dude. And I was hanging out. We just like, yeah, and right. just Chilling. playing a pool and drinking. Are you, are you nostalgic fellas? for that time? No. I knew. You're glad you experienced it, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. Okay. Yeah, yeah. like being in Greece and then going yeah, to Sicily amazing. and spending time with that girl, Annabelle. Yeah. It was I, awesome. I lived in Greece for 11 years, so I get it. Yeah, I just, it was great. It yeah. was good. To, I explored a lot. I just, um, you know, I knew. I woke up on a beach once in Elba. Napoleon's old home. Yes, where he was <laughs> murdered, they say. And I just remember putting headphones on, having mm-hmm. a, and, yeah. um, I was with this girl, and I was like, you know, this will never happen again in my life. And you, I looked out over the Mediterranean. I said, just enjoy it, because it right. is literally like an ember leaving. Just be in that moment. That's yeah, and that's do. it. So there's no regret. You just do. No, do, no. Uh, it's like uh, I know that. But every uh, moment is like that. Yeah, I could say that when I woke up this morning. Yes, and I know. But when you have those moments that are really unbelievably special but isn't there like always those little moments well i think that's every yes my day. child's yeah. birth yeah. everything but it you just i think what that does is help you fight nostalgia right because as my father used to say to me nostalgia will be the death of you oh god i agree with your father and so it's just nostalgia enjoy it we've we poison. talk about nostalgia so much yes on this but what the yeah. point is that it's not like oh i pine for that right. it's just it was incredible. It's like, a great moment. It's boom. great. It's all right. There's nothing yeah, wrong with it. It's a real not, moment. I am not. I'm not saying memories aren't are, are, aren't valuable. Obviously, they are. It's um, called Voigt-Comp for short. It's a test. <laughs> That's good. Right. Uh huh. Tell me the first words that come to mind. We actually mind. talked about this. Give me. Give me a negative you were before on a positive. <laughs> I don't know if you were beep, on beep, beep, this. Beep, beep, this is during beep, the, beep, the CG Garage phase of Martini Giant, but I think there was. How come you never have me on CG Garage anymore? I can still have you on. No, that's fine. Don't. I don't want to beg. We're, we're on CG Garage right now. <laughs> <laughs> Special episode. But we talked about nostalgia was actually uh, uh, first coined as a clinical diagnosis. It, yeah, depression. It was called the Swiss disease. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's right. And it was about during World War One, where uh, where uh, soldiers were homesick. Right? Yeah. And right. that was what it was called. It was called the Swiss nostalgia. disease. Nostalgia. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because uh, nostalgia is like nostalgia is 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 trying to get back to something you can't get back to. Yeah, like that's fucking awful because <laughs> you're never you're not there either. Like you can't be. It in used to place. be really cool. Well, you said it earlier. You know what? It's you like great nostalgia isn't what it used to be. Nostalgia isn't no. what it used to be exactly. So you can have like having a wonderful memory that you can just like pull up in your brain. That's good. Like you just go, ah, oh, it's fucking great. I'm so glad I was there. Like that, you're not leaving the now. You're experiencing no, that it's, now. It's, you're it's wishing, it. wishing that the now was present. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or Wish, the, yeah, the, the, the past, past was, was present. present. Yes. and you cannot like you, the past doesn't actually exist. It's I gone. Agree. You know, it's actually just plain gone. The only moment that is 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 this right now. Right. You know, and so like the you know like when well, I guess my question is like you know people. And I find it to be true. Like the older you get, the sort of faster t- time seems to yes, hustle along, right? Um, but that uh, that that being said, like uh, the world feels like when I think of fifteen or twenty years ago, like I don't think of the world as some visually different place. 
You know, like it's like it feels like the same place. You know, 15 years ago, I'm just like, man, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Slightly different cars. Yeah. Yeah, It's just like yesterday. And so to have like, like these having a moment like where you're really aware of like how, like this, this massive gap between like, uh, you know, like the, like old Europe or or anything like this. I'll tell you how I, uh, honestly, you know, going back to the nineties or living in New York, um, I think the internet and just my visual uh, sense of like how I can just pull stuff up mm-hmm. and everything that has affected the now mm-hmm. in a sense, because in New York, everything or just life was different in terms of like, you didn't have the immediacy of like all this information, all sure. these things. Right, so right, right. pondering things and focusing on certain things, cause you couldn't, you have to go to the library to look at what right. there's and a little bit of work involved. And you have yeah. To, like, really there was a different way. Right. Now everything seems like I don't have to walk as far in a sense right. uh, to get everything I want. But then is that everything I want? Yeah. Well, yes. This, this is the, this is the, the real, the real issue of today, I think is like, I, I think it's I think the internet is wonderful and it's obviously made the world an entirely different place and it's fantastic and there's all this stuff you can do and it's great overall 99% great but the we are so much uh like there's the the now uh that we have now uh can, is only instantaneous. The immediacy of now is very hard to take. Yeah, and it's and it's and because like like for instance, if I'm reading if I'm reading a book, if I spend a few hours reading a book, that sense of now is vast. It's deep, and I have time to interact with all parts of it with, in my own head. You know, if I'm uh, like everything because there's no past and future when you're in the zone like that. You're just all that's in your mind and you're in this zone and that's what it is. And that's not available to us very much in a common way day to day anymore. And, uh, and so we only use the most, it's like when you're talking about, um, French, it's like, we're only using the four part of like when, like, Oh, I'm spe- like most of French happens up in the front part of your mouth. Like mm-hmm. most of life now happens in the front part of my head. Like it, like I used to, I felt like I used to use like the rest of my brain, but now I use well, like very, very hyperactive use of the immediate. Okay. But that's, that's French is deeper than that. No, you, but you, I'm example. just using, I'm not trying to talk about French. I know, I'm talking I, about like my, my experience. I just want to make sure that people know you're not actually talking about like. Yeah, the, no, I'm not saying anything about, about the speaking of French. Okay. I'm just saying I like, just like, sure like the, to, to have like a. Uh, I'm making a metaphor about yeah, French. Not about French. It's all right. about like, my, like how, like how we perceive time sure. and what we can, uh, the comparative space of the, mo- of the moment is so short right now that it's, um, it's very difficult to have anything other than an immediate emotional response to anything. And I think that that's, that's, that's the, that's the trouble, the tricky part of the place that we're in. Can I, can I go back to Eric's point about, uh, about uh, class and his reaction toward this, toward this film? Because Mm -hmm. the film I think was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I found surprising is how I personally reacted towards it. Mm -hmm. Because um, I had similar experiences that mm-hmm. you did, right? Uh, you know, based on a, a, a semi-aristocracy yeah, family both, yeah, similar that kinds we of had in the Northeast, right? A blue blood right. family, right? My mother, who's adamantly still 
claims to be very blue-blooded in that sense of the word. So I dealt with all those same little Christmas parties and right. weird, you know, you were painting houses, I was weeding, right? It was the same thing. Like I actually did – like you tell me that story. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I did that, right? So I was weeding in someone's house for a long time. I, she, she hired me, the same thing. I was a teenager in high school and like my mother sent me off to this person's freaking gigantic mansion and I was like weeding and I was like, I don't want to do this. And I basically like just didn't go back to work and she goes – I'm firing you because you didn't go to Bob's like, yeah, I don't want to weed your house. There's acres and acres and acres and acres. Like I could be here all summer. That's a lot of weeds. That's a lot of fucking weeds. Yeah. I, I just basically give up. You're maybe it was elitist. the wrong thing. I, I used to do- maybe it was Maybe it was the wrong thing to do. I don't know. No. It was just like, it was just like, what, what am I? Anyway. What am I doing story. here? I don't, I shouldn't be doing this. I think what I resented was the classism, right? I've always resented that. And I think one of the things that I've always sort of tried to escape was the that specific genre, which is basically very related to this movie. So this right. is the only reason I'm bringing this up. No, yeah, here, no, it's, yeah. Uh, is I don't want to go to those Christmas parties where they're like – Oh, well, where did you go to school? And what is that that you do? And, you know, like when, when, oh, do you know? Do you oh, know? my God, wait a minute. So I was talking to Becky. And yeah. so my friend, okay, you're going to like this at the, at Indian Harbor, Bo, you, you have to know Bo. Is no, he a senior? Hold on. So, so <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I went to those parties. So I went, I, I went with, my 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 lovely, very smart, intelligent wife, right, could be put along the lines of a Jimmy Stewart or a photographer in that scenario, mm -hmm. right? Shows up to this party, and you've you guys all met Karen. She's amazing, and she's eloquent, awesome, yeah. and beautiful. And this person at this party says, "You're from Texas, but you speak so well." <laughs> yeah, we surely do. <laughs> We that, got that is that is literally the conversation that's going on yeah. in these ridiculous people's heads. Yes. Yeah. So that is a it was just a reminder to me that I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't stand these people. I can't stand them. It's, these are terrible, terrible people. This is the worst part of it. The elitism is so outrageous. You know, and the problem is they sit there and they say like, oh, I'm all for a liberal lifestyle. It's right. like, no, you're not. Right, 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 right. You're basically condescending to everyone. Everybody all the time. Worst thing. So generally speaking, that whole classism, because yep. it's very classist, mm -hmm. I hated it. When I watched this movie – and it's from the 1940s, mm -hmm. actually early 40s. I was like, it's amazing how they are calling it out yeah. and putting it out there and making it a centerpiece of this movie. Right. And and, and like I said, it works both ways. And it works and both ways. The, like the, the 
the goodness of uh, each of the, each of the characters' worlds, the values that are that are worthwhile in each, and say Jimmy Stewart, the Jimmy Stewart's world, like his lower lower class world, and what quote unquote yeah clo- yeah exactly like like what he interacts with and how he interacts with it. Like there's right. a lot of good and valuable things that the rich characters do not experience mm-hmm. because they are incredibly rich, right? right? And instead of just stopping there and saying the rich just don't understand, it also has Catherine Hepburn, who is rich and reads books and has access to stuff that she appreciates. Right. Like she's like, not in a closed garden. She's not in a closed garden. Yes. Exactly. Like I mean, yeah, like yes, because she's of this richer class, she has access to stuff that Jimmy Stewart does not have access to. That's the thing. But that, that doesn't I, make her a villain. That's it the makes thing, it like you right. can appreciate this also. That's the thing that I found the most surprising about right. this thing. Like she's not automatically bad for that and he is not automatically uh, bad for where but, he's at. But hmm, they do point out a lot of elitist oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, 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 yes. people in this absolutely. they don't necessarily point out people that are lower class that are they t- they talk about it as a concept that that like right uh, like you but they get- point out the, the the stupid uncle right right and the 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 the, right. the father who basically is like i can sleep with ever whoever i want right. because right. the only excuse is that i just want to be younger right. like that his excuse for sleeping around is like right and really, he's like abusing his position. Is what's yeah. actually happening. Like it's a it, there's a sinister it's a, side to it's it. It's like the 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 yeah really yeah. good yeah it's great conversations with yeah. these people. But like I, I like that there's like people are good and bad and or like they like the whether they are like no one's good or bad. I guess like they do bad things or they are meat or they are cruel to people or whatever it is. But it's not because of. Um, the position they were born into, it's how they feel about themselves and leverage that against or for other people. Yeah. You know? And so like you, like Jimmy Stewart is essentially like, he is a good person, you know, and he has done sort of like, you know, he's comes from a lower, lower class than Catherine Hepburn does. Um, But he has fought hard to be where he's at. But the frustration of it is he's allowing it to limit him because of the story he tells himself about the rich. When actually, he is in control, and if he realizes that, he'll have a happier life. You know what this you, movie? Sorry, go ahead. You, the funny thing is, I was just thinking of one of those stories I told you mm-hmm. about, you know, the painting and the the stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those place, one of the homes of I won't say their names. <clears throat> it was the '80s, but actually, I was talking about this with somebody today. At one of those homes I was at, the neighbor, the house next door was Roy Cohn. Oh, Roy uh, Cohn. Right. <laughs> and I, because I, I remember yeah. that person didn't get along with Roy because yeah. he was a real fucking He's Roy creepy Cone. douche. Because <laughs> yeah. he was and Roy And I Cone. was like, what a, but I capture a lot of that in the show I yeah. wrote. And it's just like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's yeah. this contradiction. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. that's a neighbor. Okay. Let me throw this at you guys mm-hmm. because. I've I've, I've it's become been 40, fast. Forty five minutes. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, we're we're doing pretty good. We can we we've uh, based on. I feel origi- like we've done this original. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone will know because I will say that we've actually recorded about an hour and a half until we started over again. Because <laughs> Dan <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, I did. So Gloriously. we're actually we're now close to four hours. So nice. less minus that. So no, we're, we're doing good. We're doing it's good. good. It's good. Uh, 
going back to the uh, idea of like not n- not everyone is a good person and not everyone is a bad person. Right. Right. Which um, I find a, a wonderful trait mm-hmm. in movies and character development. Mm-hmm. And I find it uh, there was a periods uh, in, in in the film industry where that was not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. And sort of got reintroduced later, mm-hmm. right? What do you think about a relationship between this movie, Philadelphia Story, mm-hmm. and uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Oh, interesting. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Because that involves classism. Uh-huh. Absolutely. In in like celebrity status. Right, right. Between um, Peter and uh, the uh, – and what's his name? Russell Brand. Russell and, Brand. Yeah, right, right. And, and uh, what's her name as well? Yep, yep, exactly. And they all seem to – and she's an ex. Right. And right. then they don't actually get back together. So that's another thing that doesn't happen. It's right. not – it's a weird – Yeah, that's true. No, I think that, I think there's something to that. That's there's interesting. something interesting yeah, really, about the relationship between those two movies. Yeah, no, and I – Because I really love that movie, by the way. Oh, As another great. rom-com. Oh, dude, that – Fucking movie rocks. That like that b- between that and I love you, man. Like I was watching those back. Like I don't like I love you, man. As uh, much. I, I I love it for you. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Okay. But like, uh, but yeah. Thank I, you. Don't the, take it for me. <laughs> like the the crowning achievement for me in forgetting Sarah Marshall is my go to all the time, and for my family as well is when he is incredibly depressed and playing the piano. Dracula. And no, no, Dracula musical is great. But when he's when he's playing Peter, you suck. Right. And he's like, Peter, you suck. Peter, you suck. Peter, you don't do anything of value. <laughs> like, it's one of my favorite sequences ever. It's unbelievably funny. It's so, There's so good. There's a couple of great scenes in that. And I know they're just vignettes, but they're funny. Mm-hmm. One is when he's going through his depression period. Right. And Peter, will you please put your clothes back on and we can continue the conversation? No, I feel like if I can put my clothes back on, you're just going to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, when he is uh, sitting on the couch mm-hmm. uh, during his depression period. Yes. And he's watching uh, Project Runway. Oh, it's so good. And he's yeah. like sitting there going, I'll be the same. <laughs> I'll be the <laughs> same. <laughs> it's so. And so the other boring. one where he's talking to, uh, uh, oh my God, um, um, who's the guy we talked about in Barry? Uh, Bill Hader. Bill, Bill Hader. Yeah, right. Bill Hader right. is in it. Yep. And he's like talking to him about uh, like his cereal. He's like, she got me this container to keep my cereal fresh. <laughs> so good. But he's eating cereal out of a salad bowl. Right. Oh, it's so good, dude. He's so yeah. There's some gold in that movie. Like the thing is that what with that movie is also it, to me. Yeah, I see the relationship to a Philadelphia Story for sure. There is relationship right. there. I'm not. I'm crazy, to see right? it again to, to tie it up, but I definitely feel that what you're talking about. Um, and there is a uh, there's a connection to uh, Eric brought up bridesmaids uh, mm-hmm. as well. And I feel like these are all, what I really really connect to in all these movies are these are stories about people realizing that their happiness is their own responsibility <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and right? like and that is a really powerful uh thing to me and right. bridget jones fails me because her goal in happiness is external 
And like that is what fucks up that movie for me. I'm like, you're finding okay. your happiness externally. She's a shallow nitwit. Yeah, it's just like if I only get the right guy. I'm like, no, that's fucking not true. It's not true. Like you're going to be happy. You got to get the yourself. right guy. Never do rich. <laughs> yeah. You need to find what is in yourself that needs her fixing. happiness yes. is that she found a guy who likes her just the way she is. Oh, God, there's, there's a no lot of people who will like you just the way you are. Yes, it doesn't make them interesting it, people. No, <laughs> <laughs> does not make them interesting people. Do not like people because you, they like you. You like me just the way I am. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does not complete me, Dan. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry to say it, but there it is. But yeah, that's like that is the that's the beauty of uh, with uh, with Philadelphia Story. It's like you have a person, Cary Grant, off screen had that realization. Right, yeah. into, he was he was a horrible, violent alcoholic. Went away for a couple of years, got his shit together, comes back, and is like now a totally different person. Kind of. Yeah, well, like he's I mean, he's still he's still himself, obviously. Oh my god, he's so Cary Grant. He's so Cary Grant, yeah. but like he is, uh, uh, but he understands. Like what? He, why he was fuck, fucked up, you know, and what he was doing wrong. I kind of want to do a uh, houseboat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Mister Blandings. Mister Blandings builds his yeah. dream house. Yeah. Um, and then you have these two other, uh, these two other characters who, you know, like who need to figure their shit out, yep. and they meet each other and do, and that's then their stories are satisfied. They don't need to be together. Their stories are satisfied. And I think that's awesome structure, and also it just made me feel good leaving the movie. I'm just like, yes, okay, people people got took control of their lives. Well, it's really great. Okay, so I do. Okay, I would. I totally love the movie. Mm-hmm. The let's just sum up the the synopsis of the end. Right, mm-hmm. the end is basically like there's a wedding that's supposed to take place between her and the loser. Clearly, we know that that is never going to happen. Right. But there's a whole bunch of people that have not been present in the entire movie that are waiting in some room in the house. Right. They're just all packed away for a wedding. (laughs) Which is funny (laughs) to see the wedding. And they're like, oh, well, suddenly, like through all this drama, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, in like three minutes, we have to like walk down the the aisle. Right, right, right. Like, wait a minute. What? You happen now? Now? (laughs) And so suddenly, like, so that's a little bit not. Right. Not there. Right. But I can forgive it because the plot is ticking along right. pretty f- – in a funny way, right? right. Like, yeah, okay. That's kind of funny. Right. And then clearly she's not going to get married to that guy mm-hmm. because he's – An know, idiot. Uh, 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 well, he's like a, like a, like a dish towel. Yeah, right? basically. He, but, but he likes her just the way she is. <laughs> right. Well said. Uh, and then – She's like, what am I going to do? All these people are here. Mm-hmm. They expect the wedding? That was a weird thing. Yeah, well, that's a very 40s kind of plot line right there. Like, right. We better fill the spots for the wedding. At the which wedding's point, happening. Jimmy Stewart says, I'll marry you because I love you. Right. Because they had that drunkard, drunken yeah, evening that, the night that before. Yeah, didn't work for me. Right? Yeah. Okay. It's, I'll, I'll admit that this is all very contrived for sure. It's very contrived. And so it's like, it's I'll very, marry you neat, because neat I adore you. Stuff, yeah. and, and, and we have to finish this play. Right. right. And, totally, totally true. And it's like, I'll marry you. And it's like, okay. But. But she says. This is no. the great part. She says no. She says. Right. And it was cool. Yeah. Actually, I agree. Yeah. Because suddenly like, what? It's like, you're going to say, I'll marry you. It's like, 
What? Right. You just met her yesterday. Yeah, because he's still wrapped up in the romance of of me of of talking with her. Like of the like the what illuminated him. He's like, this is the right thing to do. Now it's the moment, and he hasn't totally learned what's going on. And it isn't until she's she's like, no, it's, that's not the story that's happening here. Right. You know. And he's like, no, I'm not going to marry you because that girl loves you, and you need to right. realize that she loves you, which is the photographer girl. Right. Right. Uh, because you need to marry into your class. Well, it's like, like this is is your partner. Yeah, this is your partner. You've already found a partner. I understand. I understand. Right. And so suddenly he's like, all right, fine. I've accepted that reality. (laughs) Right, right, right. Now it's hustled. Yeah, which is like, it hustles along. Which is like, what? Okay. Because you were about to marry. Yeah. Somehow marriage seems like very like they throw it out there. Like, right, right, right. Like no wonder people got like, divorced. I, I think you know, that this like, is make any sense. this this kind of like hustled together tie a bow on it kind of ending is it's so common in in this period of movies that I'm just uh, like it's you know it's just you're, you're forgiving it. Yeah, I yeah, get it. Yeah, absolutely. But then it comes like no, the person you really should have been with the whole time is this guy. Right. And I didn't realize that's a genre. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah, and so, so it's like that is what people wanted at right, that time. It's right. like, oh, divorce is just temporary until you get your shit together. Yeah, it'll all work out. It'll, it's all going to work out in the long run. Right, right which right. is really false hope for kids. Yeah, it's and yeah, like I yeah, I, I think that like you it know, works. Like, it work that story works from it. I agree that it's contrived and hustled. The way they stage it is hustled. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like both of those beats a lot because they're not just unexpected they also i was just like whoa i didn't expect that and then when i thought about it i was like but that's really satisfying to me like so the beat the beat sort of goes surprises me and then satisfies me in both those in both the jimmy stewart and the uh, character right. case but i think that i think you are right in that like the structure of it uh and the fa- and part of it is because the, uh, like you're saying it's a, if it's a genre that was like like the the way that it's built is more a weakness of the period of film. And so like it, it feels a little bit stagey. And so the beats don't necessarily land. I I understand. I, I, I'm just pointing that out. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I'm not criticizing because I, I understand like, you know, it would have been more satisfying to hit those beats over about 12 minutes of time instead of two minutes. In that period, that was the way that you would like wrap the bow on yeah. it real quick, right? right? Like, ba 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 ba. Yeah. And in in today's films, like you would you would put that into like two acts, right? right? Like for instance, the ending of Bridget Jones is like twelve minutes too long for me. Mm. Right. I'm like, we have to do the fucking diary thing also. Like, I already don't like that guy, and now I have to go through another fucking scene with this. Like, I was just like, oh, my God, let's hustle this up. Right. You know? And whereas in the, in the end of uh, Philadelphia Story, it's just like, they're like, don't worry, we're getting off stage. And you're like, but wait. Yeah. <laughs> I got some questions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me, let me process. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I feel it. I feel it. Mm. Well, I'm glad you guys liked the, that movie. I'm yeah. I'm glad you liked the movie. That was, that I was, did. Yeah. I did like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. And uh, I'm glad we uh, we were able to cover it. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a very that's a very uh, that one really gets a gets me at some level. It's hard to say, but like I said, like I want I don't know what it is. Like Catherine Hepburn, when she, I just want to just call out real quick. Yeah, the acting, top notch, 
top notch cross the yeah, board yeah. cross like, the board like everyone yeah especially like to honestly the the the, the child acting yep great. you don't get that especially level in that time of, period yeah no. You know, very rare no yeah Procrocious usually usually quits to annoying. <laughs> this is she actually is super funny. Funny. Yeah. She is a character yeah. that is like, oh, that is funny. Yeah. And she just basically makes fun of her sister right. constantly. The whole time. Which is what you should do if yeah. you're a precocious girl in a rich family making fun of your older sister. Plus there are lots of like not only there are, are there uh, loads of like Barely hidden dirty jokes in this movie, which I really appreciate all the yeah. time. Um, the actual grown-up conversation that's not funny is very rich and very satisfying. Right. Like, it's like real people talking about actual important things mm-hmm. is like a cold drink of water to me right now. Yeah. And I'm not going to point out any particular movie, but say if I sit through three hours of snappy quips and self-reference ever again, I may die. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> like watching movies. There's where- actual conversation actual going on. Conversation, yeah. Oh like man, they, they, like uh, you just. Uh, all I would, uh, all I'm going to say is, if watch this movie, mm-hmm. it's going to cost you four dollars on streaming or whatever it is, or yep. three dollars on streaming. Just watch the movie, and if you can't tell me that this dialogue, every single back and forth is. So much better than any movie you've seen in the last 10 years, 15, yeah. 10, 15 yeah. years. Yeah. You are wrong. <laughs> you've been numbed. You've been numbed <laughs> because this is yeah, a constant true. feed of dialogue, of rich conversation yeah. that is hilarious yeah. and rich. Yep. Yeah. Meaningful, meaningful, like soulful, yeah. real stuff. Real stuff. Yeah. And, and it's just, really just, great. Yeah. Just look at that. Yep. Yeah. Plus, Catherine Hepburn not only reads books, she can judge other people's good work. And we go, that's right. She knows what she's talking the about. The other... <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, a character who reads and it's not a joke. And by the way, they have these weird they have these weird little, like, things that happen that are, like, what? Out of nowhere. Like, when he goes to the library mm-hmm. and he goes, uh, do you – can you tell me where the books are? And it's like, uh, uh, I'll Dost tell thou you. want to – Yes, yeah. thou – it's like – Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They use very strange old English right, as right, they're right. speaking to right. him. And he's like, what did you just say? <laughs> thank thee. <laughs> thank, thank thee. Yeah, there's, okay. some, there's some good bits in that movie, but some funny, funny stuff. Yes. Yep, yep. Oh, it was good. Yep. Jimmy right Stewart. On, right and, by the way, Jimmy Stewart is very handsome in that movie. He's fucking handsome all the time, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. See, I didn't get that groove from him, but that's fine. No, I, but I prefer, I prefer my Stewart. Grant. I prefer, uh, yeah, but I prefer my Cary Grant over everybody. Yeah. I prefer my Jimmy Stewart. Later period, Jimmy Stewart is is more my handsome kind of guy. Vertigo uh, Jimmy Stewart is more my uh, my, yeah. my regular Jimmy Stewart zone. She's great. Also, just a quick point out, uh, because the movie was black and white, I love the fact that he calls her out as red. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Just to make What's sure that everyone knows she's a redhead. Yeah. 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 Oh, because man. otherwise you wouldn't know because it's a black and white film. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, All there right. you go, fellas. Nice. You guys uh, good? Yeah, I think really that's good. good. Right. It was a nice duo. You guys are tired. I know. It's almost midnight. All right. You ready? Drink. Talk. Drink. <laughs>